Hello and welcome to the old worlds. And this is episode 35 and it's uh, it's been a while since we recorded so we're going to do a brief intro this time. And uh, today we have a special topic. But first let me introduce the almost constant companion on this podcast, Nicholas. Hello and welcome to the Don't Lose Your Owl and Aviary podcast. Yeah. We are now we are the Owl podcast on twi- Twitter after all, so we're the supreme Owl podcast I would say. And uh, today we are joined by a very special guest, the lovely Morten Clint. Hello. Oh, please, please. More. <laughs> and this is the sound of one hand clapping. So uh, <laughs> lovely slow clap. Yeah, Morten and I are. Uh, we've been doing a thirty k podcast. I don't know. We we mentioned this in maybe the first episode we did of this podcast that uh, uh, basically everyone in the podcast is doing or has been doing a thirty k podcast. At and... the, in the first episode, I was still on a thirty k podcast. Yeah. that's how long it is. I go with this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, me and Morten are doing one. You can go check that out. It's called the Don't Lose Your Head. It's the Don't it... Lose Your Owl. <laughs> Joke. The question is, is it still a 30k podcast? Maybe it's it's more of a fantasy podcast as well now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our interests have shifted. <laughs> like, uh, so, so when uh, the uh, Overlifts podcast met up in that faithful main con in whatever year it was, like 2017 um, or 18, I don't know. Um, uh, so we met up and we were like, oh yeah, we all played fantasy before and it'd be great to talk some fantasy. And then we ended up doing the podcast. And at that time, I knew that Morten, you had not played fantasy before, right? No. Uh, yeah, because you started playing 40k when you started with this, not yep. that long ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty recent. And then, yeah, and then I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to start fantasy. And then you were like, oh, fantasy, that sounds cool. And then you just went super balls deep into fantasy. And now <laughs> that's all we talk about, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was hesitant, though. I, when you, were, you guys were like sending me hints and like oh you should do this you should do this um but yeah we can uh, we can, we can then, get into uh, that later then we sent uh, oh you should buy this you should buy this oh i got this if you want it all of those <laughs> yeah because yeah. didn't you buy uh, long drawn slayer pirates from me i did i did and i played with them and i i really enjoy them so thank you very much <laughs> Yeah, uh, so great as well that uh, you hadn't played fantasy before, and then you just started with like the 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 coolest army, the the most niche army as well, <laughs> which is also the topic of this episode, right? Precisely. Exactly. Um, which which one? Which one could it be? <gasps> People are waiting now in suspense. If they haven't seen the, <laughs> you should put it in the in the in the yeah in the text for the episode. I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> put the mystery episode and nothing else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no info. Just the name of the episode will be Dolwell Lives Episode Thirty Five Mystery Episode with <laughs> yes. person mystery we found guest. on the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The dogs of war. Yes, but before we go into that, I'm going to have a little message here from someone called Jess Darch. And that is, happy 30th birthday to Tyne from Australia and the old world awaits the arrival of the newest member of the Darch clan. So that's the message. And this guy, his brother sent a message to us about a year ago, I think, and we read out the message from his brother. So this is the return one. And uh, they're doing some really great hobby. Yeah, nice. they sent some pictures of his uh, high house. Yeah. Really awesome. I wonder if this is the only way they communicate with each other <laughs> via your <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that uh, would be quite a strained relationship in, in that case. If they're 
only send you a message once a year to each other <laughs> yeah. over a podcast. Uh, you know, brothers. <laughs> mm, the modern message in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, can but, we uh... can we find them on Instagram or where have you seen their models? The EUS Rotos uh, on our uh, Facebook page or Messenger. Oh, nice. There. Nice. Or was it Instagram? Yep. I don't know. They're they're linked. We we get messages all over the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really annoying though. Like sometimes the messages just slip you by, and then you gotta check. Like, oh, I haven't checked the inbox in a while, and then you see that in like the third folder of your Instagram, you have a message. Yeah. So if we're slow at responding to you, to you guys when you write into us, it's because uh, I don't know. We don't like you. Oh wait, what Nicholas said. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into the meat of this episode, uh, should we have a bit of a hobby update? What people have been working on. Sure. Uh, yeah, because I know that you have been doing uh, some uh, fantasy hobby for once. Yes, it's mostly just so I can talk about me finally painting something. <laughs> <laughs> I painted up my uh, Borgio, the Doctor War character, but I painted him him up like a kiss of boy art um first kiss of model i painted i painted uh, actually another dogs of war thing for my kiss of a galibur gun last year but before that i didn't oh, haven't yeah. painted anything for for them in a long time it's been fun uh, i think i'm gonna use my dogs of war uh not dogs my kiss <laughs> of quite a lot this year i haven't yeah. used them that much i've been i used my dwarves most of last year because i finished painting them up and now i want to do some maneuver warfare again. So I'm looking forward to playing some Kislev. And uh, you, Chris, what have you been up to? Well, I finished uh, Altharion because I think we talked about him being work in progress last time. Because it's like a month and a half ago since it was recorded. Yeah, yeah, it's a great model. Great paint job as well. Uh, it's, a, it's just such a classic fantasy model. Yeah, it was they... really... Yeah. yeah. No, sorry, I won't. No, it was really cool with the little uh, frozen lake thing and he was fighting a uh, dryad or something, right? Yeah, it's from my, it's my test uh, dryad from last year's attempt to make a wood for me. <laughs> one, one down, a lot to go. <laughs> yeah, but you have to do t- test models so you can get yep. the scheme done. The scheme is all written down so I could just re- replicate it for every if I needed to. Yeah. You're like a lottery ticket winner that hasn't scraped the lottery ticket yet. You have the, you have the chance there. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've, been on a, I've been on a great hobby slump, so there's no. Yeah, I did uh, have the plans to finish my high elf archers. They are almost five of them are almost done, and then I built uh, the entire Necron contingent of the Indomitus box instead. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the problem uh, with the hobby. Like once you get uh, motivation, you could get motivation for for anything. Not necessarily the thing you want to finish, just random things. I've had a yeah. like a pretty big hobby slump this winter as well. It's because not knowing when I will be able to play again. Oh. Um, so I haven't really done that much. But now when you know that uh, England and Elise is opening up for games soon uh it's nice to get some stuff new stuff painted yeah i'm going to paint my necrons for the local stores uh, hobby challenge or at least have that as motivation to get them painted and they don't have to be painted until august so i don't have to panic until july which is good <laughs> nice but well, what, uh, uh, is it a, what type of challenge is it uh, is it like uh, a painting competition no it's more of a uh, if you you can participate, you paint your models and you paint to a certain points level, you get uh, tickets to enter a raffle. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. And of course, you get bonus tickets if you actually buy models there, but you don't have <laughs> yeah. to buy them from the store. You can buy them or ha- own them from before. 
Okay. But uh, if you do buy them, you get bonus tickets. It's quite a nice way to support your local store in these yeah, troubling times. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, speaking of Eltharion, no, just before we go on, so they, they, they've they retconned his story, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, they, they changed it around. So in 5th edition, he was writing that Griffin thing, half hawk, half tiger. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a griffin. Yeah, and then he became blind. He, he was blinded by Malekith, right? Yeah, when he led an entire army of uh, Ivres until, until the shores of Nagaroth lost the entire army, got blinded and got sent home in disgrace. Yeah, and then when, when did they retcon him? Uh, well, he, the entire the blind doesn't exist after 6th edition. Okay, so he's, he's, just, he's just not in the story at all after that or what? No, Eltharion is. Eltharion the Blind isn't. So what, in, in 7th edition, he's just writing his thing again? Yeah, there is two versions of him in 6th uh, ed. Because you can use the regular... Or before or after the, the Oh yeah, blind. he's actually in this Chronicles, I'm thinking of it. Yeah, both of his versions are in the same Chronicle. Okay. And uh, then the prince in the Island of Blood box could be used as Eltharion, but he isn't specifically Eltharion, he's someone else. But it's pretty much, it's an elf with a large winged helmet on a griffin. Who else could it be? Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh yeah, here they are. Altharion the Grim and Altharion the Blind. Uh, maybe it's like uh, like in Marvel. It's just uh, like a splitting of the, the universe. And it's just an alternative universe. It's Altharion the Blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, it stayed 6th edition and, and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> Given that most of the Storm of Chaos didn't have any ramifications on editions after 60 yeah. even even the version you can even see it in the versions of uh, the role-playing game that was released because i think the second ed you get uh, the siege of middenheim and yeah you get flare kins and everything you get even get the roaming uh what do they call those uh, cannons the hell cannons you can get a roaming hell cannon in the caverns beneath middenheim if you're adventuring there <laughs> And they can sneak, they can sneak, so you can be, technically be stalked by a hell cannon, which is just awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm playing uh, second edition uh, where I'm finding role playing now, actually. I don't know huh? if I mentioned that. Huh? Great. I'm playing a half Kislevite, half Empire guy named Casimir, and I freaking love it. It's a great system. Cool. Where, are uh, you guys, where are you guys in the world? Uh, we are south of Middenheim. We're traveling towards Middenheim. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like tons of beastmen attacks all the time? Or... <laughs> we've had one beastman at- attack. Uh, uh? And uh, we, we beat him off. Uh, we were hiding in a church of Seymour, and then the Minotaur just smashed the door open. Oh, but sure. we had like a couple of guards with us as well. And then we used like, we had this awesome barricade, and we used like fired four crossbow bolts into its face. <laughs> took him out pretty fast is it completely pen and paper or do you use miniatures when you play it we're, we're doing it online even so we're using oh, yeah. uh, roll 20 oh, okay nice yeah, we should do that sometime as well i think like a one-off yeah, or... yeah that would be great actually yeah we, we I need to find a game master and we could do a one-off we could even record that that would be awesome if you oh, yeah. would like to hear us role play in the Warworm Old World, then write in and either offer to be a game master or just yeah. say i would listen to that uh, I, I would <laughs> listen to that I know uh, you can say for sure that no one did that after we offered that last time. So maybe that was because we did that at the end of an episode. But now you hear it before you hear the rest of the episode. So you have no excuses. Well, and you have I, my uh... vote. <laughs> one, one interest. I'm going to do a shout out to a guy named Luke in England. 
who's finished his second steam tank of the week more or less he finished the uh, he did a von seppel for the february challenge and now he's finished an old reliable he should uh, turn to page 102 of the 2004 chronicle and uh, try out the steam tank demolition derby I'm just obsessed with this book now. So much good stuff in this. Well, congrats for finishing that Steam Tank. I, I've seen it. Looks awesome. Yeah. And uh, as a reason for this shout out is that uh, he's still writing articles about the old world for the Hobby Room blog these days. So. Mm. All right. Uh, Morten, mm-hmm. you are a guest. Tell us what you've been up to lately. Have you been painting any Birdman? <laughs> Uh, no, they're they're on my to do list. They're half painted. They're halfway there. So, so uh, I sold uh, Morton some Birdman uh, like ages. two years ago now. They uh, were. I got them quite early in my Dogs of War army. Uh, I have a pretty big Dogs of War army at the moment, right? It's it's been growing steadily. Uh, and then this year we said that oh well, I think it's time to start a new army. I'm ready for my second fantasy army. Uh, and I had a lot of different ideas, uh, but I ended up going for uh, chaos. Uh, and uh, Nurgle Chaos, to be more specific. Uh, but since we're a nice, um, friendly gang, I'm doing sort of all kinds of chaos. So I, I will have a mix of demons, uh, beastmen, and warriors of chaos. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're mentioning uh, your group is uh, playing 8th edition? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, I, I, I've, I've understood that there is some uh, conflict between uh, preferring 6th and 8th edition. I don't know. I, I've just had that feeling from talking to some people. Uh, I'm going to be very, you know, I, I've, I've seen um, benefits of both editions, I would say. I'm going to be diplomatic here. Uh, but our group opted for playing 8th edition uh, before because we, we thought that, oh, well, they released more stuff for 8th edition and we want to play with big monsters and stuff um although i i i see definitely things in sixth edition that i i would like to incorporate also so i don't know maybe they will solve that when they bring back the old world and we will have a new perfect rule system which which everyone likes when they bring back the old world in 10 millimeters (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's probably gonna be completely (laughs) different (laughs) yeah but your your group is pretty relaxed about what you're playing because you're using the the army's project stuff yes probably someone will say now like what well there are no dogs of war in eighth edition Yes, well, exactly. You guys are using the, the army project, and that book is really cool. Yeah, yeah, but and but uh, definitely needs to be like everyone needs to be on board with it because uh, I mean it is a it's still a fan made edition, and there are things in there that that I don't agree with, and some things that we have house ruled against and stuff. So it's just good to have that. Yeah, but the alternative would be using the Six Dead Chronicles list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so... and I don't know how how that would do in eighth edition. Well, it it works, but you would probably be at a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, no, but it's been good. It's been good. But so uh, at the moment, I've been painting uh, chaos, and we said that to start things off, we would have a five hundred point game, which we actually had yesterday. Um, and uh, for that, I had painted up a exalted hero, a chaos chariot, and fifteen plague bearers. What What is that thing that they're coming out of? Like you made a unicellar, <laughs> and they're like, I can't make it out if they're coming out of a. A bear or a log or a... It, it's supposed to be a tree. I'll, I'll uh, put up uh, nice pictures. When I'm, when I'm completely done with it, I'm going to put pictures on my Instagram. Or our Instagram, I guess. It's like D-L-Y-H-Pod on Instagram, yeah. right? <laughs> Which I haven't yeah. used in ages. But now I thought like, well, I'm getting back in. Yeah, I'm going to start using this again. Um, so I yeah, made, we shared um, that Instagram on our stories, whatever they call it, on Instagram the other day. Oh, sweet. Uh, then you can already One of the see... images. 
Yeah. But we'll make uh, sure to share it again once you publish some photos. Yes, yes. I have uh, the Exalted Hero and the Chariot is already out there and pictures of the game are out also. Uh, but uh, the uh, well, it's I sort of wanted to replicate the miracle of birth. So it's a tree <laughs> that's sort of spawning these uh, plague bearers in a way, like they have corrupted nature in a way, and now demons are crawling out of it. Uh, so I had lots of lots of fun with uh, some gory effects and stuff on there. So that's gonna be yep, yep, that was fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that they were coming out of something, but I mm. didn't. I wasn't sure of what it was. Mm. If it was something I had living a, or yeah, I just I, I made a tree out of uh, clay. I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'll try it. Maybe it'll just look like a turd, but I'll, I'll try it out. And then I, I'll make this sort of gash, shall we say, where they can crawl out of. And uh, I just tried it out, and it, it turned out a lot closer to reality than I, <laughs> I had I'd thought. It is now a very disturbing model, but it's sort of a way to psych out my opponents in a way. Like, well, well, it also works to... if it's a massive turd spewing out uh, plague bears. That could also work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also weird because this is not at all the army I had in mind, or the, the starting army, because I had actually I had made a big order at the start of this year. From Games Workshop with uh, Chaos Warriors, Knights, uh, Beastmen, Cygor, all kinds of fun things. And I still, I'm still waiting for it because of Brexit. So I've had to, you know, try to find Nurgle models from within Sweden. <laughs> um, and Locally then, sourced. Yes, Alpha Spel has helped me tons. Thank God. Uh, although now the biggest problem we're having is that we can't get Chaos Black anywhere. The, the, the primer is like gone <laughs> from all of Sweden. So... The army paint one isn't bad. Okay, that's good to know. I think a friend got that one. <laughs> but it's become like hard currency here. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, I'm likely going to talk about the, the little game we had on, on our podcast in the future. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Should we uh, get on to the topic at hand? Maybe put a, a, a word from our sponsor in between here. Oh, nice. Mangle Manhide Manflares. Mangle Manhide Manflares. Mangle Manhide Manflares. Hi, I'm Mangle Manflare. CEO and owner of Mangle Manheim Manflares. Thanks for shipping error. We're overstocked in Manheims of all shapes and sizes. And I'm passing the savings on to you. Keep warm with a nice arm scarf. Decorate your ballroom with a set of nice buttocks. How about a full human carpet in the living room? Whatever your Manheim needs may be, come on down to Mangle Manheim Manflares for great savings today. Okay, the dogs of war. And uh, let's just start with the uh, where the, the name comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is, uh, well, most probably, right, from the... Uh, the Shakespeare play of Julius Caesar, when Caesar says, "Like, uh, cry havoc and sleep, let sleep the dogs of war." Yes, <laughs> that line. <laughs> so uh, yeah, dogs of war is like the beasts trained for war, and uh, when you release them, all hell breaks loose, and they just tear shit up. Uh, there's also a novel written in the sixties, I think, of some mercenaries, uh, some European mercenaries that are sent to Africa to stage a coup. Uh, or something. I haven't read the book, but that book is called Dogs of War, oh. and it's like yeah, it's about mercenaries, and that's like a strong link to where the mercenaries and Dogs of War are linked. Mm -hmm. um, so the Dogs of War, uh, they had their first book in fifth edition, and in before that, in third edition, there were like regiments of renown, or were they called regiments of renown, or like regiments of legend or something? I know Bugman Rangers were they were in one of those boxes. There were, I think there were, the Man Flayers were in, had a release earlier than 6th edition as well. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if the they, they work the same way, though. And I'm not sure, actually, like in 5th edition, if they had White Dwarf articles about these regiments before that they collected. Uh, but in 5th edition, they had an army book uh, with the regiments of Renown. I don't think they had any generic stuff in that, though, like they do in the 6th edition book. Um, but that book is hilarious. I mean, 5th edition or 4th edition, they're pretty comical in a lot of ways. Um, and the Dogs of War book is awesome. There's just like little bits of commercials for the different regiments of renown. Uh, it's just a great book to read. And I think that uh, Stillman wrote most of it. I wonder, oh, I think uh, because, uh, yeah, Matthias in the uh, Army's Project one, he has a lot of those little funny, I, that must be from that book then, that he's taken that. Yeah, uh, right. Um, so we're going to be talking mostly about Doctor War and Sex Edition now. Although Morten will probably tell us a bit how about how yeah, they work I'll, in I might edition. just give some when there are some uh, changes in the in the Army's project thing. What, might just mention it a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so Doctor War and Sex Edition was released first in White Dwarf, and then they were collected in the 2002 annual, mm -hmm. and then it was also published in the 2004 Chronicles or annual. I guess there, there's two of them. And, and it's Alessio Cavatore that uh, redid the list a bit. And it's funny in the, this list because it's just like that it's part of the... Uh, kept publishing it in the annual and didn't really release it as its own thing. It's a bit strange. I guess it would have been a pretty short army book. But uh, it'd be nice to have just like a book of Dogs of War instead yeah. of just uh, lugging around this. Uh, it's not a big big book, The Chronicles, but it would be nice to have it as a standalone. Mm. They're trying to find it in the middle <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, Dogs of War, they're an army of mercenaries. And there's a bit here, since anytime, anyplace, anywhere, mm -hmm. uh, explaining how uh, they're not like one faction that exists in one place. They're just a group of uh, mercenaries. They can be anywhere. So, you can have some mercenaries uh, in Tilia, which is the, the, the most common breeding ground of the mercenaries. Or you could have uh, some uh, from uh, Norska or from some settlement in Lustria, you could have some from far away Cathay. Mm. Uh, that's a really cool thing about the, the Dogs of War, that they're just very sandbox. So uh, in, in every part of the Warhammer world, there's always people in need of cash who will do things <laughs> to get it. <laughs> yeah, so tell us about your, your army a bit, Morten. Yeah, um, so yeah, it is a bit weird because uh, since I got into fantasy so late, I mean, I had when I was a kid, I think I had some Lizardmen and Empire models that I painted up just for fun. And then I think my mom threw them away when I <laughs> was when I didn't care of them as a teenager or something. Um, and so the way I got into Warhammer was actually via the Total War games, which is kind of weird, right? That a, a video game inspired me. Uh, but I thought those games were really cool. Uh, when I looked at it, I also I think it was that way that I, I fell for the the black and yellow colors of Averland, or no, well, no, or the Border Princess actually in that game because well. In the Total War Warhammer games so far, they haven't developed Tilea, the Dogs of War, or uh, the Border Princess either. They're just sort of like an empire sub-faction or something. Yeah, because uh, Tilea and the Border Princess are just like endless amounts of uh, little princedoms and municipalities just ruled by cutthroat people. And then the, the borders shift all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I just wanted to make like, oh, but this looks awesome. I want to make a you know, a black and yellow army. And I don't know. So I think I contacted you guys and like, oh, I, I want to do like this border princess thing. And, and you were like, 
what the fuck this, that's not a that's not a, like a, a unified army <laughs> you're <Yeah>. stupid <laughs> it's but like yeah, sort of... it's like in in the real world if you would play napoleonics and you would go like oh i want to play the balkans yeah do you like, know how like complicated him. that is <laughs> well but but you kindly kindly pushed me in the right direction like look at the dogs of war army look at tilea they, yeah. they are mercenaries and that that worked out perfectly i can say that if you want to play a specific Border Princess Army could just play a Sigmarite Crusade with uh, Empire models because they oh, have a cool. strong presence in Border yeah. Princess. If yeah. anyone wants to do that, or listeners, or maybe someone impressionable and that might be finished with his uh, Dogs of War Army and <laughs> Nurgle project, is there are no Nurgle to be found? <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine has a, a Bretonian army based on the Border Princess as well. Because they oh, went cool. on crusades through there and then they used to like, settle there. And just, yeah. They didn't want to return back to Bretonia and just form their own little kingdom. There's just endless possibilities yeah. with the Border Princess. Yeah, yeah, who was technically do a uh, Tomb King's army because there are Tomb King's uh, tombs in Border yeah. Princess. Oh, cool. I don't know, where did I hear that? That it was some crusade down to Araby or something where half went by a sea and some went by land. Yeah, and the ones yeah, who went, went by land. Yeah, and they came there and realized like, oh, fuck, they've already won. So, <laughs> okay, well, we'll just sack and pillage here instead of, or or stay here instead of... No, no, that was the the crusade led by Barbarossa. You oh. sacked uh, Byzantium. Yeah, pretty much the same. It's, does that mean that uh, uh, what's it called now? The the dwarf port town, uh, Barakvar. Yeah, Barakvar. Is that uh, Constantinople? Oh God, <laughs> pretty much right. Oh yes. Yeah, but the, there hasn't been a crusade that's pillaged it. No, they, they failed. The, the the Bretonians wished they could take that city. <laughs> But, uh, but re- reading into it, I fell for for Chilea, which is basically well, where Italy would be in the old world in a way, uh, which is also it's made up. I mean, it's a, it feels like it's a bit more under control than the border princes. It's a, they they have these um, city states that are constantly at war with each other. But it's sort of like well, you, if you live in that area, it's still pretty civilized, and you have these very rich board uh, not uh, merchant princes, uh, and they yeah. pay for their mercenary armies, and they, then they fight each other to try to get control of more land and more more gold and stuff. Uh, yeah. And then, so this is just a perfect breeding ground for mercenary armies, in a way. Yeah, and just uh, going back in, in our history, uh, mm-hmm. this is pretty much how like every army worked in Europe uh, in like the Renaissance time and before that. Like between mm-hmm. medieval times uh, and uh, after the Renaissance, people just bought mercenaries for all their wars. You had like the, the big knights and you had to like recruit your peasants. You had to take them away from the field and that would cost you labor. And then you would bring these idiots to war and they don't know how to fight. And then you just had like your, your warrior elite uh, knights that would do all the fighting. And then eventually the people with money started paying for mercenaries to do the fighting. It's easier to just pay a professional soldier st- straight away, do your fighting, and then you don't have to pay for them anymore. You don't have to care about it. Get them out of your hair. And uh, just reading Swedish history around that time, yeah, it's like super heavily into just mercenaries. Like our king, like the first king of Sweden that broke away from uh, Denmark, Gustav Vasa. Like whenever you read about him fighting, it's all about mercenaries. Like he he used married some German broad that he didn't really care about, but if he married her, then he could get like a better price on German mercenaries, yeah. <laughs> which he borrowed money from the Hansa to pay for. Yeah, <laughs> which is one of the reasons that uh, Sweden broke with uh, the Catholic Church 
so he could just send troops into the churches and take all the gold. Yeah, to pay for mercenaries. It's all about yeah. the mercenaries. And uh, then in, during the Thirty Year War, we did exactly the same thing. Just yeah. had an army of mercenaries and some poor farmers that they recruited <laughs> on the way. Yeah, um, yeah, and even like the the generals and people in the army, like leading the armies, were just like, "Oh, this is a Scottish guy that was paid to fight for this army or whatever." Yeah. It's, it's not until yeah. like a couple of generations after that that you would have like proper armies from a nation, uh, and like the entire Thirty Year War is just like mercenaries, 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 like on on all sides. Like no state yeah. had an actual army to rely on. It was just bands of poor people. <laughs> Stealing shit. I think we had to pay the one of the leading generals of the Swedish army three hundred thousand mark, the marks we had back then. So to, that was his final pay. So he could pay his own troops, and yeah. that was like a third of the national budget. <laughs> we yeah. talk about like America spends a lot of money on their military budget. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but, but this this is totally different because now like you would have to pay this general to like take care of all of this man like it was yeah it's we pay this guy so he can pay his troops or this guy becomes the new king of sweden because he has an army and we don't yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny uh, just uh not to drag on too long about the third year war but like the the austrians at that time the habsburgs like they didn't have their own army and they just like paid some guy for their army and it's not like until after the Third Year War, that the state, like, they had their own army to do their bidding. But before yeah. that, they just had to borrow money from this duke to pay for some mercenaries and then borrow some money from that guy. So they didn't really have any power. Yeah, and then their most popular general that was actually one of the few that were winning battles got got assassinated by the emperor because he was too popular. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were smart with handling power, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, oh. so that's the thing with the empire. Like in in Warhammer Fantasy, like they have a super regimented army that is not like a thing in European history until like hundreds of years later. Uh, so it, although the aesthetics is sort of based on the Thirty Year War, war mercenaries in a way, yeah, yeah or even before that, uh, yeah. the Italian Wars. Uh, the, the, the only reason I know that because in the the Warlord games, like their uh, guys with puffy sleeves, they work perfect as uh, Empire stand-ins. Oh yeah, they're from the Italian Wars, oh, and that's okay, just cool. a, a massive, massive war as well. It's yeah. a good rabbit hole if you want to read about that. Um, but I think it's easier to explain an army if it's structured the way a more modern army is structured, because if it was structured like the way it was in the Thirty Year War, no one would have a like a nice army to paint in regimented colors and everything is uniform and everything has a perfect backstory. Yeah. True, true. Unless you play Dogs of War, exactly, you have the chance of making. Yeah. Every unit unique and the crazy yeah mix. It would be quite a lot, a lot harder in a war of fantasy setting to replicate the Swedish cavalry during the Third Year War that were nominally Finnish cavalry that were made up by Swedes, Finns, all of the Baltic states, some Germans, some Poles, and everyone dressed individually with like a. Hopefully, they got uh, like a. Jacket of the same color. Just look regimental. Maybe. So, so don't shoot. How, how, do we, how do we know who which side is which? Uh, what if we put a branch in our hat and then you can look at that guy. He also has a branch in his hat. Don't shoot him. 
Yeah. Shit, I lost my branch. Get him. Oh, but the right. thirty-year-old war. I guess that's also the um, uh, inspiration for the dogs of war. A lot of their aesthetics, right? Uh, because I guess a lot of the miniatures were designed by the Perry brothers. Yeah, yeah, they're it... super into historical stuff, mm. as you can see by their own company afterwards. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, yeah. so l- let's get more into the, back into the warmer world, though. Mm? And mm? what this list is about. Mm? Uh, yeah, I think that's we, we have the setting sort of for where they are, but you, they could be from any, anywhere. And they're mostly made out of humans, but you also have like dwarves and halflings and uh, ogres and stuff in here. Yeah, so uh, the list itself is made up of two parts. Um, so you have like one generic part, which is uh, just like regular characters and all the basic troops. You do have some ogres yeah. and halflings and uh, even Norse marauders and stuff. Um, and then you have the regiments of renown part, which is just named regiments with special rules and stuff. Yeah, the f- first part is basically representing the city-states and not their the particular flavors of the renowned, renowned regiments. Yeah, yes, yeah. so you could do a, you could do a whole army of just regiments of renowned stuff, uh, or you could do a whole army of this, or you could mix it. And of course, you can also take dogs of war units in other armies. So you oh, could yeah. take these generic ones or the regiments of renown. Yeah. Uh, Does it say uh, somewhere hmm, because the uh, oh yeah, it says here I guess ravening hordes. Uh, the way you include them. Uh, uh, so you, you include them as a rare from, It varies from unit to unit and army to army. Because some okay. can take certain units as special or rare. Some yeah. can take them at all. And there's also limitations on some of the units themselves that you can include. Like, okay, cool. this one will only work for... And then it's like Wood Elves, High Elves, Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So generally, you take them as a rare choice for your army. But usually, like a... A unit that is from that race can be taken as a special. So, like yeah. Ruglugs, Armored Orcs can be taken as special in an Orc Army. Oh, uh, yeah. Mango Man can be taken as uh, special in a Dark Elf Army as well. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, okay, so we're going to go through the list. So, I will go through the generic part, and then mm-hmm. Morton will take us through the Regiments of Renown. Yes. Um, so starting in Lords, you have a Mercenary General and a Hireling Wizard Lord, and they are basically humans, just like the Empire, like a Lord-level uh, fighting guy and a Lord-level mage. They can be up to level 4, and just like the Empire, they can take any of the 8 Lords in the rulebook. Mm-hmm. No uh, special uh, Mercenary Lords. Um, and you've made several Wizards, right, Morden? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I th- my ambition is to have one of each of the eight lores. Uh, but so far, I think I have only three or four painted. Uh, <laughs> my first yeah. one was Lore of Shadows. That's my... Uh, he was sort of part of the theme of the army. And now he brought his friends. Yes, that's, a, exactly. that's a great way of representing human wizards, just having one per lore. Mm, yeah. It's a nice uh, painting uh, challenge as well. Yeah, yeah. But they're also awesome models. So Umberto the Fell, I call him. Or you could just do like elves and have a wizard that can use all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I should clarify that high elves, yeah, not yeah. dark elves nor wood elves, because they can't. <laughs> but, yeah, you can say about the, these uh, lower level characters, uh, they can ride a pegasus or a warhorse, and the wars can be barded, and they can take heavy armor, they can have pistols. There's like generic uh, equipment, pretty generic flying mount. Like they can't have any dragons or any hippogriffs or no grommel armor full plate so it's like the the budget version mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and in heroes uh first of all there's a choice that you have to take in your army which is the paymaster which yes. is a really cool guy so he's in charge of the the treasury 
to pay the for entire army. So he holds the key and he counts as the battle standing bearer for the army. Yeah. So it's more important uh, than the general in a way. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great conversion opportunity. That one. Yeah, and uh, if he gets killed, then the whole army has to take a panic test to see if they want to fight on now that they might not get paid. Uh, and if they pass it, then they hate the unit that uh, killed the, the paymaster. Because they stole the key. Point. They stole his key to the chest. Yeah. Uh, I think there I... is a difference, though, with like uh, if he breaks from combat, he does not count as being killed, right? But a battle standard does. Or is that only in 8th edition? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, you capture the banner if the unit flees in 6th mm-hmm. edition. So I don't know how that works, actually. I was looking I think... through the 5th the edition book, and you can buy an upgrade for him. You can buy another guy, which is like mm-hmm. a money lender. And then oh. like, when you when you do your reroll, you get a plus one. Because he's like, oh, fight, or you won't get paid. And then they're like, no, I don't think I want to fight anyway. And then the, the money lender is like, I'll pay you more. And then they get <laughs> plus one on their leadership. And then they, it says, like, they hopefully pass it this time. Oh. <laughs> I'm just gonna put in a note here that is, Bretonians can't take mercenaries at all. Yeah, yeah, they're too proud. Yeah, they're do their own fighting. too busy not pay, paying their peasants to fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we can't buy more wine if we spend money on mercenaries. <laughs> uh, and then you have the mercenary captain, which is like a regular captain, uh, and a hireling wizard, regular hero wizard, either level one or two, and uh, getting a like, bunch of different equipment, nothing fancy though. Uh, hand weapon, great weapon, morning star, halberd, longbow, crossbow, pistol, brace of pistols, light armor, heavy armor, and shield. And they can also ride a Pegasus or ride a horse with Barney. Uh, oh yeah, you must have the paymaster in your army. Yeah, yeah. I run my paymaster with a brace of pistols because it looks so cool. Bang bang. <laughs> and while we're talking characters, the magic item list is quite limited for the Dogs of War. Yes, that is true. Just like with Kislev, you can only take the generic magic items, which is pretty lame. On the other hand, you can get quite decent stuff in the Regiments of Renown part of this list. That makes up for it. Okay, on to core units. First unit is pikemen, which is the the bread and butter of a mercenary army. Mm -hmm. Uh, So pikes are longer than spears, and you can fight in up to four ranks with pikes. And they strike first uh, in the charge. They are uh, turn that they are charged, and if they are charged by cavalry, they get plus one strength. So you don't want to charge these guys. They're quite expensive though. When I was looking at this, they're ten points each. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't know what what the spearmen is. And then I think you can experiment add... in the Empire list is like six points. Yeah, but uh, that's the uh, difference with the Dogs of War. They're not as... Uh, I don't think they're quite on quite the same level as the Empire book that is based on... The, in the edition itself, instead of having... This is just going to look and feel like the old army that we had before. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, there's other units in here that are good. Though. I think like the, the pikemen, which are supposed to be the basic unit, are just not super worth their points. I mean, uh, they're, they're nice and they're very defensive. Um, uh, it's I think it's awesome that I run. I have two units, I think, of twenty of them, just five wide and four deep. Uh, and then it's it's great because all of them, if I'm charged, all of them can fight. Just yeah. I they yeah. tend not to do that well, but maybe that's because they they come up against better things so i do think they need a bit of a buff because they're still only strength three and stuff but uh... are you using heavy armor on them 
No, I'm not. I only run with, with light armor. But that's more yeah. because yeah. the models I have. Uh, I use Perry Miniatures models uh, from their War of the Roses range. Uh, they work yeah, perfectly. They have very nice, very long pikes. <laughs> and they don't break easily. I haven't broken a single pike yet. So I'm happy about that. Especially in 8th edition, though, like they, they'll take a lot of beating because you get to fight with several ranks. I think the, that's the, the advantage in 6th edition, I guess, that the, the, the guys fighting them usually only strike with like 5 or 6 attacks and they get straight oh, yeah. back with all 20. Yeah, that, that is crazy. And maybe they are worth it. I just haven't seen many of them, or the pikemen you see are regiments of renown. Yeah, I mean, it, it is in a way because when we come to them, they are the regiments of renown are cooler, right? So you yeah. want to have them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next uh, basic core unit is uh, crossbowman. Uh, eight points for a guy with a crossbow. Not too bad. Crossbows are good. Yep, yep. <laughs> Not much more to say about them. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. It's like all shooting, though, in in fantasy, I feel like. It, it never does as much as you want. <laughs> At least not yeah. when you have humans. Oh yeah, I'm gonna shoot you with all these crossbows, and then, uh, but it's long range, and uh, there's some cover there, and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, quite noticeable that you're not playing woodels that often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we have one in our group that does. Uh, against him, it would be nice to get rid of those pesky little skirmishers running around. Well, that's also hard to hit, though. Speaking uh, of skirmishers, the unit that I think is the, the best core unit, yeah. uh, duelists. Uh, so these are just uh, brigands, the no good people hanging around in bars that are rounded up to do some fighting. And they are weapon skill four, pretty good for a human. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is just human stats. They have initiative four as well. Uh, looking. And they are five points that are really cheap. Uh, and as I said, they're skirmishers, so they can just move around all over the place. And they can have uh, shields, additional hammer weapons, or pistols, yes. and throwing knives. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah. these guys are really scary, especially with pistols. Mm -hmm. because, I, uh, I, I have a unit of eight of them with pistols, and they're perfect at being annoying, because you could run them around and shoot stuff, and then run away and, uh, and shoot yeah. stuff. Uh, or when they charge in, they, because they get an extra attack. Yeah. Also. Uh, like when they charge in, they get to use their pistol strength four, and they have mm -hmm. weapon skill four. So they're yeah. pretty. And it, like, initiative four. So. Yeah. So pretty good in uh, close combat. And also, if they yeah. get charged, they all get to shoot their pistols, which is yes. pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, as Nika said, you could use use them like just the local scum that's been rounded up to yeah. fight for, or <laughs> you can use them as a great conversion of target if you want to because you can have them as scum you can have them as a regiment of skirmishers you can have them as adventurers you can yeah. use your more time war bands to play represent them if you want pretty much yeah you can model up your uh, your role-playing uh, gang yeah there's just endless opportunities with these guys they're really cool oh, i mean it could go from as you say the the real low-life thugs to you know the the masterful duelists of Tilea that are like, you know, in this glorious outfits that are like, oh, I just go around du dueling people and I've never been defeated. Ching, ching. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. So you have some something between a bad version of Sorrow yeah. and uh, <laughs> what is it called from uh, Princess Bride? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Then we oh. can move on to the heavy cavalry, right? <laughs> I was just going to say yeah. that the, the Empire Militia box was perfect for duelists, but yeah. that box is hard to find now. Yeah, that, that's harder to find than Chaos Black in Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, apparently. 
Uh, all right, next core unit is the heavy cavalry. It's a great, great uh, unit because they're they start off pretty cheap, and then you can just uh, build them how you like. Uh, so they start at 19 points, and they're just basic humans on horseback. Uh, start with hand weapon, lance, heavy armor, and shield, and they can have barding for two points. So you can start them off and have them move eight, or you can put some barding on to make them heavier and move seven. Uh, depending if you want medium or heavy cav. And uh, yeah, they're just good value cavalry. Like my Kisselite cavalry is 24 points uh, instead of 19. Yeah, and silver helms are also more expensive. And they don't come with the heavy armor or shield as standard. Yeah, yeah. so there is great value cavalry. Um, and it says here in the in the little fluff section here, cadet sons of nobles from Britonia, the Empire and Tilea, formed the shock cavalry of most mercenary armies. Kislevite winged lancers are sometimes employed and are much renowned for their swift maneuvers. That's cool. Yeah, basically, they didn't take their barding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're faster. Yeah. Uh, and then the next unit is the light cavalry, and they started at 11 points. And these guys are super sandbox. Yeah. Uh, so they started with just hand weapon, uh, so they can just be super cheap calf. Uh, you can give them spears for one point, bows for four points, and shields for two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can build them as you like. Spears are great, get plus one strength, uh, so they're strength four in charge. Or you can have them as bow and just harass people. They're only built to skill three, though, mm-hmm. uh, so they won't hit that many things. But they're 11 points per model, plus the bow, so there's 15 points, so it's still quite cheap for bow-armed cavalry. Yeah, yeah definitely. But only I don't have what a... you wanted to use them for. Yeah, and, and that they're they're fast cavalry. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't have any of these yet, but I really want to get some. Um, in the armies project, he has added an option for them to take. Uh, I don't know if it's instead of bows, but they have like light crossbows instead. Oh, cool! Kind of cool. So it's not move, move or fire, but it's like strength four and range eighteen or something instead. I think it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. And for more on these two cavalry units, see our tacticus on heavy yeah. cavalry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think the cavalry is really good in this list. Mm. I'll definitely take those and duelists. Mm. Uh, okay, moving on to special units. And now we're getting freaky. We get ogres. Uh, they're 35 points per model. And they're move 6 from skill 3, but skill 2, strength, toughness 4, 3 wounds, nature 2, 3 attacks, only 7. Uh, massive, ferocious, resilient, and not too bright. Ogres make perfect mercenaries. Their ability of eating practically anything means that they are also easy to maintain. <laughs> From that old piece of uh, wood yeah. going. <laughs> and speaking of ogres, most of the Ogre Kingdoms books for 6th edition can be used as mercenaries in this way. Yeah. Even the equivalent unit of ogres, the, the bulls from the core, core part of the Ogre Kingdom book. Yeah, and I actually so think they, like all of their units are better than this unit. Yeah, because <laughs> the standard unit is better because you can have more upgrades for it uh, with the command and... A lookout knobbler, which is quite important. Yeah. So if you want ogres, just uh, have a read through of the Ogre Kingdoms book and just uh, port those yeah. over. Yeah, because then you get the special rule of bull charge as well, which you don't get with the regular ones in the Dogs of War book. Well, yeah. they just cause fear. Yeah. yeah. But you can give them two hand weapons for an extra attack, or a great weapon and light armor. Yeah, yeah, yep. you can pimp them, but uh, not as much as the truth, true guys. I, I have a unit of six with great weapons that are very nice to use. Oh, nice. Uh, they can, they can smash most things. <laughs> are you using them as uh, the ogres from the Dogs of War book or Iron Guts from the Ogre Kingdoms book? I base them off the Iron Guts. Those are the models I used, but I, I, I play them with the rules for ogres. But it is in the Warhammer Armies project, so I think they ah, actually right, right. might have some of the 
he updated them so they are as good as normal ogres, I would say. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they have the ogre charge thing. Yeah, because in sixth edition you probably should look at the ogre yeah, yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah. You uh, can have the bulls, the iron gods, lead belchers, and you know Nicholas, you can't take yetis. Oh, sad face. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, and the man eaters, of course. Yeah, basically all the, the regular ogres. None of the yeah. special stuff. No gorger, no scrap launcher. Oh, but th that's because those are non-ogre or nobbler units, I think. That's yeah. the reason for it. All right, next uh, special unit, uh, dwarves. And these are Sandmark's unit of dwarves. Started with hand weapon, light armor. And they can have great weapons and or crossbows. And may have heavy armor and or shield. And they're, yeah, basic dwarves. Yeah. Uh, strength 3, so not elite dwarves. It's regular dwarves. Leadership 9, though. See what it spikes. And they get to flee and pursue 2d6 minus 1. And they hate orcs and goblins of all types. Mm -hmm. This is a great use for all of those old uh, Imperial Dwarf miniatures. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So yeah, if you want some uh, some sturdy uh, elite infantry in the middle of your army, go with Dwarfs. <laughs> yeah. And then next we have Norse Marauders. And they're a pretty cool unit because they're like even crazier than the Chaos Marauders. Uh, they're 7 points per model. They're weapon skill 4, weapon skill strength toughness 3. One wound, initiative four, one attack, leadership seven. They have hand weapon and light armor. They can have shields, great weapons, additional weapon, or flail. And they are subject to frenzy. Nice. Just makes me think of all the Vikings who were down working as mercenaries and bodyguards for Romans and stuff, right? Yeah. Before the Byzantine Emperor. Oh, yeah, even that, yeah. Because Romans were a bit earlier than... The yeah, that's probably... About 500 years between yeah. the fall of Rome <laughs> and the Viking era. Yeah, oh, yeah. They would but the, the Varangian guard, the Varangian guard, regarding mm -hmm. the emperor of the, the Byzantine Empire. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, it's funny because I think like, the sixth edition they're kind of moving away a bit from uh, uh, Norse guns being civilized as well because mm -hmm. in earlier Warhammer lore, like they they have a lot of contact with the people from Norska, and like some are just crazy case worshippers, but a lot of them are just people living there, <laughs> still a bit yeah. crazy but still civilized. Which is a thing they kind of went back to after 6th edition, when you have the establishment of uh, Skeggy and all of the other cities in uh, oh, yeah, what's true. called Central America in the real world, pretty much. <laughs> but in uh, the, the little part between Lustria and uh, Nagaroth. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool unit. Just uh, some crazy Norse guns in there and charge the enemy. Uh, and then we have the Paymaster's Bodyguard, which is a 0 to 1 choice. And these are basically your elite infantry. Mm -hmm. And they are stubborn as long as they are with the Paymaster. So this, uh, you always have to take the Paymaster. So this feels a bit like an, an auto include in your army. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they have Halberds, which is great. Yeah. Yep. And can't take heavy armor. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a difference here. In the Army's project, he has changed it so that they are actually strength four base. So then they become strength five with halberds. I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. the reasoning is that they are the you know they do a lot of heavy lifting or something. Maybe they're just from uh, from craze or something. They're like uh, white lions who just snuck away to up service. Maybe there's <laughs> uh, maybe there's a power creep between six and eight. That could also yeah. be a thing. I don't know. <laughs> it, I do enjoy. I do enjoy. I very much enjoy this unit. <laughs> Yeah, it's they're uh, also a great uh, conversion opp opportunity to build your yes. the coolest unit for the paymaster. 
Yeah, I don't know. The great swords are they? They're strength three as well, right? Yeah, they're only strength three. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense to have them strength four if you for your one elite unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think they're they're really cool. They're, yeah. Yeah, as I said, great the conversion opportunity. You sell like the the most elite unit, the most lavished, and like everyone else is just dirty and muddy, and these guys are just pristine. Yeah, guard uh, the pages. And then the last special unit, uh, also zero to one choice, halflings. Uh, this is a very fun unit. Halflings are uh, so yeah. I, I paid up this army of halflings for a friend of yeah, mine, yeah. and I tried them out, and they are really crap in combat, but yeah. they are pretty good shots. Yeah, the ballistic skill four. Yeah, and lovely weapon skill two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> strength and toughness too. Yeah, that's the killer. Strength and toughness too. You just oh. die instantly. Yeah. Uh, cool. They're initiative five though, and oh. leadership eight, mm-hmm. which is uh, leadership eight is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're six points, and you get a bow. And they're yeah, as we said, ballistic skill four, so mm-hmm. it's cheap, good ranged uh, unit. Mm-hmm. Shame you can only take one though. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, that's uh, right. You got the lovely special rule for for them at least. Yeah, they can move through woods without penalty. Yeah, that's really great in six actually. Yeah, there's uh, pretty much those and uh, the entire woodle army that can do that, and some pieces yeah. I think. In the armies project, there is an option to make them skirmishers. So I have a unit of twelve of these guys that are that I use as skirmishers, both. Nice. Uh, but uh, but yeah, just fun to have different races, right? Yeah. Um, uh, a real melting pot. And speaking of pot, I'm gonna <laughs> skip to the first uh, in the yes. rare courses. Yes. Another halfling unit, the halfling hot pot, uh, which is 50 points, and it works like a stone thrower. But instead of throwing a stone, they're shooting off a, a pot of uh, very spicy soup or something. <laughs> and, halfling uh, food is not to mess with. Yeah. Uh, range 36 and it's strength three with no armor saves. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, so yeah. yeah, you could melt away some uh, chaos knights pretty easily. And then you have the model under the hole of the template suffer a strength six hit with no armor save, which causes D three wounds. Yeah, <laughs> that's some nasty soup. Yeah, yeah imagine lobbing this into the the face of the lord somewhere. Yeah. He, he, a, he didn't uh, die. He just uh, felt so ashamed that he just <laughs> took off. <laughs> I have a unit yeah. of these guys, and they're, they're great. It's also fun they when they roll a, a miss, a mishap, and you just imagine them tipping the soup over, like, oh, oh, no, 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 <laughs> just burning, burning um, to, <laughs> or melting. Uh, this, or something. Wasn't this one up for a uh, made to order quite recently? Oh, yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah, I do see a lot of them on the yeah various secondhand pages. Also, there's there's a lot of them yeah. floating around. I just want to say, a good source for halflings these days are from Blood Bowl, if you just want to make a halfling unit. Oh, yeah, they're, they're yeah. really cool. Because they got armor made out of like pots and pans and yeah. stuff like that, just fitting for an inept unit of bumbling halflings. Yeah, I did find mine, my guys are also made for uh, like fantasy football, <clears throat> but they're from a company called the Black Scorpion Miniatures, I think. Uh, and their their halfling team there, it, it's just perfect, I think, because they they are they're wearing like uh, they look like mercenary princes from Tilea, basically. They have these great, lovely hats and uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, nice. cool. They're they're basically like a mix of armor from all over the the ages, but they could work perfect with Empire or with Tilea and something. I think they're they're great. Uh, and they have like clenched fists, so it was kind of easy <laughs> to just exchange that for 
a weapon hand or you know put a bow there or something nice mm. all right the last rare unit of the generic list is a cannon mm. it's a standard cannon not the great cannon uh it's 85 points though so a decent price yeah and uh, nothing more about that mm. okay let's move on to the interesting part of this list the yeah. regiments of renown I'll, I'll just like to add once again for if you're interested in the armies project book no but just uh, like uh, some of the extra choices he added for for the the basic list um because i think it's fun mentioning like for example he added ballistas and scorpions which are lighter bolt throwers in that sense um and, and I have some units of them because I wanted to ha to not have cannons and black powder. I have pistols, but that's like the limit. But I, I wanted to distinguish my army from the Empire in a way. So I didn't want to have that much uh, gunpowder. So then the ballistas work perfectly. They look really cool to have in there. Um, and he also added, uh, as rare, you can take a unit of elves also. Mercenary oh, cool. elves. And I mean, uh, I don't know. What, Chris, what do you think about that? Is that like, elves would never turn that well. well, well yeah, we're going to get into in the regiments of renown that well, at least one elf has turned mercenaries. So I, maybe I, more could. I, I'd say that, that it wouldn't be out of the question given yeah. that uh, if you disgrace yourself in elven society, you might have to take like a four-year, five-year, 20-year trip to cool down and for ah. people to uh, to settle down a bit. Oh. Uh, there's been uh, like uh, Tyrion was in that uh, dueling circuit and might have killed someone and had to <laughs> go away Oops. for a while Oops. and if you read the War uh, of the Beard books there are quite a lot of elven mercenaries because a lot of the troops fighting at, uh, against the dwarves are mercenaries from Ophel oh cool yeah. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's also a great unit for conversions again, because it's like, hmm, what type of elven mercenaries are these? Are these, yeah. uh, I mean, they could be from all over the place, basically. Um, in the uh, in the fifth edition Dark War book, there's actually a picture of elven mercenaries, but they're not in there. Oh, oh that's so uh, also, yeah, I think I think uh, when they released the Plastic Giant, they released rules to take them in Dark of War Armies. I'm not sure if the, that was at the end of 6th edition or was beginning of 7th edition. Though. But you can yeah, take Giant. The Plastic Giant, Giant your... was released in 6th edition. Yeah, yeah. So they then they definitely released a White Dwarf article that you can take that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a Giant in my Mercenary Army, so it's good to know. <laughs> it's... Yeah, the, sla the Slave Giant version, that was one of the versions you can build from the plastic kit is in the Ogrechino's book. So that's oh, okay. cool. a good reference yeah. for when it was released. Oh, nice to know. I think, um, yeah, yeah. In the Ormus project, there's also heroes from, like you can have an, a hero that is a dwarf, a Norseman, or a uh, elf. And then, but then he added a special rule called racial distrust, that they can only <laughs> join their own race sort of thing. Uh, or be joined by a captain from the race, but that's kind of cool. So you could have like you could make up your own elf mercenary captain sort of guy. Yeah, that's cool. Why is he? Why is he there? Why is he leading these elves in the old world? Who knows? Uh, but let's go into the regiments of renown. Yes, let's uh, have another word from our sponsors, maybe. Yes, yes. Let's start with that. Is it a bird? Is it a man? No, it's a bird, Matt. Are you tired of harpies harassing your artillery park? Can't wait to get those bat swarms out of your hair? Have you headed up to here with all those pesky furies attacking your flanks, only to fly past impassable terrain as soon as you face your cavalry to deal with them? No more. With the Burnman of Katrasa, 
You can have your own annoying flyer unit to deal with Moses and more. So swoop into our office today and get a quote. Yeah, uh, so the regiments of renown. Well, uh, the thing that these units have in common, so they're like yeah, special units of some kind. Um, and I think one of the great things is like each of them basically have, you know, not just a champion, but they have like a named character in there, which usually have stat lines like a, like a hero level, I would say, right? Yeah. With like two wounds and... You know, lots of attacks and stuff. So yeah. um, different equipment as well. Usually. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a lot of flavor in, uh, here. I don't know. It's weird. Do you guys know? Because I have the annual 2002, and you just have the units here, but there's no explanation of like their background. Although in no, the artist project, the they have a lot of background. Yeah, it says in the the pre phase uh, of this list that uh, like they they only put the the rules in here and they didn't put the backgrounds in but you can yeah. still get all of the fifth edition book where all the background is yeah that's, oh, okay uh, okay oh it is you have to read it in the fifth edition or some short stories that are in white dwarf every now and then like uh, the lost mm -hmm. legion and similar had a the lost legion had a short story with uh, when they were plundering lizardmen tombs and stuff oh. like that Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, uh, I would really have liked to see them just do a, do a reprint for 6th edition. Oh. Just put all the background stuff in there as well. Yeah, yeah, because now it's sometimes like, if you didn't know about it, it, it doesn't really make sense sometimes. Or it's like, well, okay, why do they have this special rule? Uh, I yeah. mean, it's there is probably a reason for it, but... Uh, mm. uh, okay, so let's get into it. First one is Pizarro's Lost Legion. Uh, I don't know if we need to... Do we need to for... Oh, sorry. I said Pizza Pizarro. Pira That's who it's based on, I guess. <laughs> no, sorry. It's Pirazzo. No copyright there. <clears throat> um, do we need to go into how they can be hired for each army? That doesn't really... like. I don't think we need to get into that. But the, the unique thing about this unit is that they are uh, a mixed uh, formation. So the first rank is basically made up of crossbows. And the rest of the ranks are made up of pikemen. So they will still... All of them get to fight in close combat. But... Uh, you have a front rank that can shoot. Um, and if yeah. you lose models, they are removed from the back and they assume that people come up to the front and pick up the crossbows of their fallen brethren. Yeah, uh, yeah. another kind of this this kind of unit is the city guard for Dark Elves. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it's a great unit because uh, usually you'll just have the unit standing around doing nothing most of the game. Yeah. Pikes, but these guys can just uh, shoot some crossbows in the meantime. And Pirazzo has split skill 5, so he's quite a marksman. that. Yeah, and two hand weapons. I don't know if that's included. He has three attacks in his profile, and he's equipped with two hand weapons. So does he have four attacks? Yeah. Shit. I think that has been dealt with in an errata, but if this is uh, this is the final one with the errata in it, so I think this is the one we should go for. I'll after. Yeah. yeah. Also, a similar unit is the Loden Seaguard, but they do have spears in the first rank as well. Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. Um... I guess uh, Pirazzo is sort of one of the guys. I mean, he's perfect for if you're running some Lustria campaign also, right? I mean, it feels yeah. like he's the guy who's over there pillaging. Yeah. And <laughs> these guys the look like... Conquistador. Uh, yeah, the, the Spanish weird helmets. Yep, yep. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, next unit is Rico's Republican Guard, or Rico, maybe. Rico. I always say Rico. I'm, I always think of uh, Starship Troopers when I read about this. <laughs> Rico's Rico. Roughnecks. <laughs> Rico. So Rico. Uh, so these guys are pikemen. Um, I think the only difference with these guys is that they have they come with heavy armor and uh, they are weapon skill four. So they're a bit better than regular pikemen. Yeah. They have lovely models also that I haven't got my hands on yet, but I really want to have a unit of these. Um, I think it's like 
a nice thing is that uh, the army's project he distinguished them further that they actually have full plate armor so they're oh, like cool. the only pikemen who have four class yeah. armor and i think that's a cool idea and the interesting thing is that they do cost 12 points to add additional ones to his unit and that is the same cost oh. as a pikeman with heavy armor oh and then they already have extra weapon skill oh yeah. so you get that and but once not... again R- rico is not bad himself man he's leadership at eight so he boosts the entire unit as well yeah that's true i think most of the i'm just scanning through i think most of the guys in here have leadership eight whereas yeah. most of the the just regular units are leadership seven right yeah yeah yeah, yeah well hmm. we, there are more pikeman units but that's the thing like why would you take normal pikeman when you can take any of these ah oh, that's true yeah uh, next one, one of the ones I have is Leopold's Leopard Company. Also lovely models with their leopard skin draped over yeah. them. Um, I was there when you were getting these guys. This. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> At the retro the great Yeah, we were yeah. just running back and forth trying to get these guys. I'm like, oh yeah, I found I found Leopold as well. Oh shit, yeah. I gotta run down there and buy him. <laughs> it was great. I mean, I wish I knew a bit more because in the end it turned out I didn't get all of the sculpts uh, and they were quite hard to rank up because I, I missed like the ones in the back who are, you know, because they're supposed to have their spears or the pikes angled at different, so you could make like a real, uh, uh, what do you call it, the the pike formation that the, uh, that was used by Alexander the Great. Phalanx. Yes, yes. So you could basically make that sort of thing. Um, but these guys are great. They're they're not as high in weapon skill, but they have uh, immune to psychology. Yeah. That's because they they're uh, fierce. Yeah, they protect the leopard god of Lucini. That temple. That's that's what they got. Uh, Leopold also has a pistol, which is kind of cool. Yeah, just uh, that one terrifying shot when you're charging in. Just yeah, take out it, uh, Chaos Knight. But it's a skill five, so well, not bad. The yeah. final pike, uh, yeah, well, uh, renowned pike unit is the Alcatani Fellowship. Um, not yeah. sure. These guys are sort of like the uh, budget like, pikes. Yeah, I guess conscripts or some of some kind because they're only weapon skill two. They're they're farmers. I actually read this about them today in the book. Oh. Uh, so they're like farmers, and then their crops died, and then they were like, well, either we starve or we just become mercenaries because we need money. Oh. Uh, so they became mercenaries, and then it says like for every uh, wealthy merchant lord hiring mercenaries there's 10 more poor lords that need mercenaries as well oh. so they they just found a niche of being like a cheap mercenary unit for yeah. like oh. unprestigious missions yeah and they are cheap because the core unit is just 125 points oh yeah that's true nine points or more yeah and that is uh, with uh, a real wanted character and uh Nine pikemen with a standard bear and musician. That's hundred. Ah, that's true. That is true. That is true. And I mean, I guess you could argue that normal pikes are weapon skill three, so they normally hit on force anyway, right? So if you're weapon skill two, would it be almost the same in close combat? Yeah, they get hit more easily as well, but they do strike first because they have pikes. So uh, yeah. uh, and they're they're also a good way to just uh, have a have a unit that you can put in the way of something nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, they also have lovely models, I would say. Yeah, look really cool. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like they have to buy secondhand equipment, so they have like these old, old armors for like Roman times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they look so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next unit is a great uh, budget unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, next unit is a renowned unit of duelists, and it's Vespero's Vendetta. Vendetta, Vendetta. 
and uh, these guys they look really posh I would say they look like the you know the the nice big puffy sleeves like oh I go around challenging people in duels and, and then the Sparrow their gloves in the face of exactly someone. that's exactly what they're doing uh, but the Sparrow he has his scary gull mask grimacing death ma- mask Ooh, scary um, uh, but they're good I mean the uh, just looking, I think they have the duelists are the same as they have weapon skill four and initiative four, so that's not different. They have two hand weapons and they have throwing knives, throwing knives and cloaks. <gasps> cloaks, what are they? They basically give a six plus armor save in hand to hand combat. Yeah, they use them to flap around their opponent's uh, weapon arm and just try and disarm them. Yeah, yeah, it's only a six plus halo, so they're not very good at it. Nah, no, not really. Uh, Armist Project, I think, gave them a parry save instead, which I think is cool. Um, and there's skirmishers and the grimacing death mask uh, that uh, Vesper himself wears gives them fear. <gasps> yeah, it's the budget version of uh, the dark elf mask that causes terror. Oh yeah, <laughs> try to copy it. <laughs> Vesper is sort of like a, a a junior assassin, I guess, in a way. He's got very high weapon skill and initiative. Yeah. He wants to be one of those pesky elves. <laughs> yeah. He's... Only quite a few points short of uh, Shadow Blade in every yeah. stat. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> um, then we got the Marksman of Miragliano. So that's great because you have crossbowmen, but they're ballistic skill four and they come with light armor. I think that's yeah. their thing. Uh... And they can hit every man able to pierce a coin at 300 paces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Ask for Captain Damark at the sign of the crooked crossbow. Um, next one, Al Mukhtar's Desert Dogs. Some Arabians, right? Yeah, um, well, they have four characters in the unit, yeah, plus yeah, the regular I guys. I hadn't realized this until I read up on this, because I don't have the, the unit yet. Uh, they are a mounted unit. Are, they are not fast cab, though, right? They are. I have three characters. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, so it's Al Mukhtar, the Sheikh, Sheikh Ahmed, Shufti, Shufti, and, and Ibn, the standard bearer. And then Which a is... hornblower and two riders. And Ibn is a blind boy, beggar boy. Yeah. What's the background with this? It's sort of like, who cannot see the peril he is he's... in and he's always at the yeah. forefront of the battle. <laughs> yeah, he's the lucky charm. That's oh, it, okay. it's the lucky charm. Oh, cool. You got zero attacks. Mm. Yeah. But it's kind of weird because Al Mukhtar, he's sort of got the, the close combat stats, but then the Sheikh, he's got sort of the cool war gear, right? He's got uh, his special special uh, magic weapon and uh, that makes him pretty good in combat, I guess. Plus one strength and uh, plus two when he charges. Yeah, plus yeah, one yeah. Yeah. And uh, the banner gives plus D3 combat resolution. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Are they. Yeah, they're fast cavalry as well. Yeah. Oh, there. Sorry, I didn't. I missed that. Okay, that makes sense. But they, they well, they just have hand weapons otherwise, right? And shield? Yeah, yeah. and weapons and shield. So no spears for them, but... Uh, no, they're a good cool. charging unit anyway, when you have that medical weapon and the banner. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is one of the Dogs of War units that I see most on also, you know, secondhand markets and stuff. Yeah, there's been one unit uh, doing the rounds on uh, Swede Bay, so to speak, oh, for yeah. more than a year now, because it's been <laughs> no priced... It's been priced uh, quite uh, uncompetitively. Okay. It's, it's like 1500 or so. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, would lo- I would want a lot for that. So yeah, they, but... they, can, they can in any army except for Bretonia and Camry. That's pretty cool. Oh, so yeah. That's they cool. refuse to fight for Tomb Kings. Yeah. But uh, this one would be quite cool if you themed your entire army in the same, same style. 
Yeah. Oh, if you had like an yeah. Arab army. Yeah, and have this one as because uh, you can you do that with the dogs of war. Yeah, yes, that's you can true. just uh, change where they come from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Use duelists or something maybe as your troops. They can take shields and hand weapons. Mm -hmm. The coolest. Hmm. Hmm. And some more fast cavalry maybe. I don't know. Cool. Um, next unit is Braganza's Besiegers. Yeah, this is one really of my cool. favorite units ever released. Yeah, really nice. Uh, and I have, I do have this unit, so I'm very happy about that. Um, so they are crossbowmen, right? But they have heavy armor and a pavise. <gasps> and what does that do? It's a large shield that gives them a, a plus two armor save versus normal and magical missile attacks. So basically you have a three plus armor save against missile attacks, but only a five plus in close combat. Yeah. They basically build a fortress and you sit behind it and shoot crossbow bolts. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, you basically have the, the two uh, crossbow units, the Marksman and Miragliano and these guys. And the Miragliano guys are better shots, able to go four, but these guys, they can stay in the fight longer. Yeah, definitely. Just take a beating. Uh, this is one of the things that uh, in the Armist project, he has given them full plate armor. And that's something that I do not agree with, actually, because I think, like, well, then they have like a two plus armor save. I I don't know. I feel like three plus is very good uh, against ranged. I mean that's like unique in its uh, in its own. They don't need to have full plate. That's just yeah. my opinion. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but they are such a cool unit. Um, but that's a, a thing. Um, so since we talked about Borgio, isn't he also known as Borgio the Besieger? Yes. Right? Yes. But he is not in this book. No. Is he? When I was think he they released him uh, as a special character somewhere. He's in one of the chronicles, I think. Yeah. But does he have any connection to Bragança and his and the, the the other besiegers? He's like the merchant prince of one of the towns. He has a connection to the Galapagon as well. Oh, okay. Somehow. Oh, I'm not sure yeah. how. Because I was thinking, like, also, uh, the other name, like, is it Belladonna Lucre Lucretia? How do you sp yeah. pronounce it? Belladonna. Yeah, she's, she, she's... She's also a Dogs of War sort of character, right? Yes. She does have rules somewhere. Mm -hmm. She's yeah, even... She's in, in the, the picture. In, in this annual, she's on the she's in the picture on page 72. But she's not in the rules here. <laughs> la, 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 la. Weird. I don't know no, where she is. Hmm. Hmm. Strange. Okay, but yeah, Braganza's awesome. Lovely. Lovely unit. Uh, then we have Volans Venators. This is basically a heavy cavalry unit that uh, are unique in the way that they are strength four instead of strength three. And they yeah. already come with the Barded Warhorse and all the all the good stuff. So it's like the, the mercenary cavalry inner circle. Yes, exactly. And they got their characteristic uh, shields with big Vs on them. Yeah. Look nice. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about them otherwise right no there's like heavy armor and shield and barded warriors so they they're not as tough as the, the empire knights they're, they're slowed down compared to the bretonian knights but they they'll do the job definitely yeah then Bjorg, bear struck and the bear men of urslo it sounds like a great band name yeah <laughs> <laughs> what type of music do they play um, hmm. some kind of uh like rock country yeah dance band <laughs> <laughs> maybe Bam, bam, I, I, I'm bam. picturing them from either Kentucky or Montana in the US. This is a unit that could have really used a new sculpt in the sixth edition. <laughs> yes. So talk about what's the background here because these are these are Norse these are Norsemen, right? Yeah. And but what happened to them? Some, some something went bad. Bjorg Bearstruck is like a bear were, werewolf. Yeah, were, were bear. bear. <laughs> Not a care bear. 
very important distinction. He does not care about your safety. But it's only him, right? Not the not the rest of the units. No, the, not they the are bear not, men. They are not were bears. They just follow him. Were, was he like their chieftain or something, or is he just now like their leader? Yeah, I think it's a chieftain slash. This is a raiding raiding party with young men that went out and he got cursed or something like that, or he oh, was cursed yeah. and it yeah. showed in battle. And they're following him because they're all friends. Frenzied. Well, he's not. He's not bad. He's got uh, weapon skill five, strength five, toughness five, and three wounds. Yeah, four Scary. attacks, uh, four plus war save. Damn. Oh yeah, because he's got the the bear fang. Yeah. And they got a special banner also, which gives them plus one, a to, plus hit one to hit first round Ooh. combat. Ooh. Yeah, that's great. Of Shit. Each so hand to hand combat. Oh yeah, so they're yeah they have weapon skill four as well. Uh, Ooh, so they'll be hitting on like twos against most Ooh. weapon skill three units. Nasty. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I don't have any Norskans in my uh, Dogs of War yet, but maybe I should yeah. get some. <laughs> well, okay. Th- how bad is the sculpt, Chris? The sculpt? <laughs> They're pretty bad. Yeah, I'll send it over <laughs> after this because if you look at it now, you might just faint and we can't finish. <laughs> but I, I, think, well, I, as, uh, I think he's Loki. actually on, on page 72, right? That must be them. There's some sort of wear creature in there and that they have mm. the same face. I have, uh, I'm looking in the. the 2004 Chronicle and page 72 is a picture of Valton. Champion oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the annual 2002. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I was also switching to page 72 and I saw Valton. Like, maybe that beast man that he's uh, annihilating with yeah. his feet. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, we, yeah. I mean, imagine converting your own were bear. <gasps> Could be cool. Yeah, why not? Or just right. have like a massive uh, bear on separate bases. The, the counter wounds, so the unit yeah. turns into a bear. Yeah, something like that. What do you think, like a skin wolf as a base, maybe? They're pretty big, right? Yeah, aren't they Could... too big? Well, they, these are on 25 mil because they're marauders, aren't they? Oh, that's true. Yeah. You could use maybe the, you could... the terrible kiss of Morheim bear. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. But uh, oh. this is quite a good unit because they're 255 points, but if you want to add additional, with, let's say, ability wounds for Bjerg, they're just yeah. eight points each. Oh, that's true. Hmm. And they have two se- two separate magic items, which is unusual for this level of uh, regimental renown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh nice. So let, uh, let's move away from the human mercenaries and go into some other races. So for example, Oglakans, Wolf Boys. Uh, these are some hobgoblins. For you uh, yeah. riding giant wolves so they're, they're fast uh, fast cab yeah. they have hand weapon spear bow light armor and shield that's a very versatile right yeah. going around harassing with bows and then charging with with a spear not bad yeah uh, and they're uh, are they tougher than regular goblins somehow the regular goblins have weapon skill two. Oh yeah and these have weapon skill three so yeah, I guess the, the thing with the these uh, you would think that they're just like uh, I don't know some kind of parody goblin hobgoblin units, but like <laughs> th- there's a whole like uh, Mongolian hobgoblin civilization in the east, like closer yeah, to true. Cathay, and yeah. uh, like they're massive. They're described in uh, Tamarkan, I think. Yeah, 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 they are. And they're just described as this massive co- collection of greenskins, like the biggest horde of greenskins in the world. Yeah. Uh, but you don't really hear a lot about them. And here's just like this one tiny unit that is searching for work, I guess, in the West. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah they're really cool. Mm. 
They have one magic item, the Pelt of Wolfag. When able to pursue a broken enemy, the wolf boys must always do so, and they add uh, D6 to their pursue move. Damn, 4D6? Huh? Crazy. Yeah. No? Wolf boys really do sound like one of those horrible teen dramas released <laughs> in the last 10 years. It's like a like group a... of them. It's uh yeah, a uh, sequel to the Twilight books or something maybe. Or like Jake, a, a se- Jacob secret, and the Wolf uh, Boys Secret Treehouse Club some 10-year-old boys. Oh yeah, maybe. The sister of the Traveling Wolf Boys. <laughs> Speaking of uh, lumping cr- groups fighting cocks, the next one. Yes, the fighting cocks. Oh yeah, some uh, named uh, halfling mercenaries. So you have Lumping Crop, Croup, Croup, Lumping Croup, and Ned Hamfist. That's his banner bearer, right? Uh, yeah, and these guys go around with uh, hand weapons and bows. They are skirmishers. So that, okay, so that makes them stand out against the other halflings. Uh, otherwise, they are, they are as bad in close combat, but they have good ballistic skills. Yeah, so, and they are skirmishers. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. Uh, and and uh, you got two of them have a ballistic skill five as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. So Lumping Croup and uh, Dead Hamfist got this ballistic skill five, which is. Nedley, if I may. Yeah. Nedley, oh, yeah. Full name Nedley. <laughs> Lumping uh, has leadership nine. Yeah. And uh, their equipment, uh, they got everything included that uh, the other one has as options, pretty much. Yeah, it's 90 points. It's, it's pretty good value, actually. They're great. It's great to have some skirmishers in general. And. They're pretty good shots. Just put them in the the one of the flanks and just harass the enemy. Great. Yeah, I they really like their banner. their models also. Yeah, they're really great models. Yeah, yeah they um, may die easy, but uh, if you just have them protected from enemy charges, they yeah. probably could get quite a lot of use out of those uh, bows they can carry. Yeah, yeah, they're, it's a nice, they're great. Nice little sign for them here. You world renowned halfling fighting cocks. Expert marksmen, trackers, and woodsmen. Baggage train guarding a speciality. Ask for lumpen at the sign of the pat, the fat pig. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, it's great because in uh, in this third edition uh, rulebook, you could have baggage trains, and oh. if you had a unit of halflings, you could have halflings guard the baggage train, and they oh. fought super fiercely to protect the baggage train because that's where all the food is. So like... I wouldn't trust them to to guard my baggage train. They would just eat eat everything. I can't remember if they uh, were if they boosted their weapon skill or strength compared to every other baggage guard. Uh, mm-hmm. But halflings are super good to have as like baggage train guards. <laughs> uh, Didn't they include uh, baggage train fights in uh, the general's compendium? Yes, yeah, oh, I think wow. there's a skirmish scenario in there. Yeah. Nice. Um, but uh, I, the story of uh, Lumpen Krups uh, is that he like he didn't want to become a mercenary. I think he was trying to steal something, and then. They were like, hey, what are you doing? And then he tried to explain it away, that he's a mercenary or something. And then it just escalated from there. And someone was like, oh, I'll hire you then. And then people just gathered with him. And then he just grew and grew. And then he's like trapped with this group. And he's just trying to get away from it. But then they just end up getting into more and more trouble. You you have to read the story, but it's it's, it's great. It's hilarious. It It would be great if there were some halfling cavalry models riding chickens. Oh yes. Yeah. Who is the uh, company selling them? Because I have seen those models. The the geese riders, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Kickstarter for it, right? Oh yeah, might be. So many companies these days. Yeah. So yeah. much talent. Mm. 
Speaking speaking of talents. Yeah, <laughs> Golg fags, ogres. <laughs> that was Thank probably you, the worst one Thank yet. you, Chris. You're so professional. Thank God. <laughs> uh, these guys, I don't really know. It's just like ogres with two hand weapons and heavy armor. I don't think they have any special thing in their stat line. It's just that Golg fag is pretty good. <laughs> God. Uh, he's got strength and toughness five and four wounds. So ooh, Weapons tough. kill five. Mm. Tough to kill. Yeah. Yeah, and the difference with this one compared to the other one is that this one got a command. Ah, yeah. The regular unit of ogres don't have command. Oh, oh. they can't even take one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not not the biggest fan of these models. No, but... they no. look very weird. They're the old style ogres for yeah. fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there are old ogres as well. They look great. They're regular old ogres. Hmm. And then there's this unit. And they're just like very gangly or something. Like they have very thin they're legs. Very thin. Yeah, very thin somehow. So yeah, they skip leg, leg day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Should have less movement or something, but I don't know. More attacks. I don't know. Uh, moving on to a, a, a much uh, more lovely unit, I would say. Long Drong's Slayer Pirates. Surely one of the coolest of the Dogs of War, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, these guys are, uh, yeah, they're Slayers. And they have loads of pistols. Bang, 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 bang. Stoned with pistols, even. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so they're unbreakable, which is good, right? And they hate green skins. And uh, since they have so many pistols, they well, all of their attacks are considered to be strength for armor piercing. Uh, yeah. E- even in close combat. Two attacks each, right? Yes, I think that as well. Yeah, the fighting with one in each hand. Yeah. Crazy. And this might be a sixth edition thing. The pirates uh, never need to reload, therefore their pistol bonus is always in action, not only in the first round of combat. Yeah, Maybe so that's the same yeah, usually you can only use pistol in the first round of combat. Ah, yeah. But they have These... so many of them. Because... Yeah. Fire. Yeah. And Imagine uh, finding these guys. Like he shots, his, shoots his pistol, misses, and you're like, ah, oh, thank God. And then he just pulls another pistol out of his beard. Yeah. And then just God. another from behind his back, and then like a third one from his shoe, just another one from his hat, and then a parrot <gasps> flies in and brings him another pistol. Just really bang, scary. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, weren't they also yeah. like they were out? They were uh, like dwarf traders or something, right? They were out with a ship or something. I think. I don't know the story background. actually. I think it's something that they they were supposed to deliver something and they failed doing that and the the dishonor then <laughs> made them. Well, my, we're gonna go become slayers now. But I mean, Sounds... we're already on a ship, so I guess we're pirates. <laughs> it's like, um, I think no. they were slightly upgraded in the Storm of Chaos book. Because uh-huh. they got the pirate got leadership nine, they got leadership ten in uh, Storm of Chaos book because they're slayers. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But they're, yeah, they're they're awesome, uh, awesome guys. Very good in uh, close combat. <laughs> um, we're turning the page. We're getting into more sort of rare regiments of renown, I guess. Uh, we have the el- the only elf, right? A Sarnil, the Dragon Lord, riding his mighty death fang. So a cool uh, a cool elf flying a, a dragon uh, with a uh, lance, heavy armor, shield. And uh, Deathfang is a cool dragon that can do a breath attack and stuff. But Deathfang does not count as a character. Okay. Uh, but if you roll on the uh, roll, um, monster reaction chart, he adds plus one. So I guess, yeah. is he like a smarter that is, dragon? Yeah, that is if Asunil is dead. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. So he's more likely to do stuff, right? Than just start eating grass or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the amulet of the dragon heart? Since this is a Calador thing, Chris. Amulet of the dragon heart. This amulet was one of the potent artifacts made by Calador, the dragon tamer for the elven dragon princess. It is said that the gleaming gem hanging around Asunil's 
neck is a stone found at the heart of a mountain, blessed by Kaldor the Dragon Tamer himself, which is probably just PR from the mage that actually made it. <laughs> uh, the dazzling light of the amulet of, of Dragonheart ma- makes the shape of Asenil and his dragon appear blurry and vague. As if glanced through a haze, all missile attacks against Asenil and his dragon suffer a minus one to hit penalty. That's which is awesome. quite decent, given that it's a large dragon you're firing on. Yeah, so it just negates yeah. large target, I guess, right? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't have this guy, but I might try to get him somehow. Um, yeah, this uh, this guy is like the only way you can sneak in a dragon at yeah. below 2,000 points as well. Oh, that's interesting. Or a second dragon if you play above 2,000 points. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, he is a scary dude. Uh, does anyone know why? Is he in exile somehow? Yeah, he's... Uh, He's not really on the best terms with his family, I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he he's hanging out in this place that used to be Elven, right? In yeah. Tilia. Yeah, in one of the old ruins. I think there are a lot of Elven ruins in Tilia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the interesting part is it takes up a rare unit slot. Mm-hmm. Or if you use him in, a, in some armies, in a regular army, that is, mm-hmm. you will have to pay two hero slots as well. But a rare unit in Dogs of War. Oh, it's a lot. But he is good, though, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you take him in a high elf army, you lose all your mages if you take another dragon, if you take this one. Ah, okay. That might not be a viable option. <laughs> well, but if he... you want to take, like, a bit above a thousand points of just dragon riders in a regular army, you can. <laughs> true, it's true. <laughs> well, uh, he's sure to... Uh, go out with a bang, which leads us into the next unit, uh, Bronzino's Galloper Guns. Yeah. This is a... unit, I'm going to leave this to Nicholas because he knows this. Yeah, this is like the only Dogs of War unit that I've ever used. And I have two of these for my Kislev. And uh, they are basically lighter cannons that can be moved around with horse uh, limbers. Uh, speaking of the Thirty Years' War, so oh, yeah. exactly what the Swedish army introduced uh, to be able to move guns around instead of uh, pulling them yeah. around with like 16 oxen. Yeah. So now what you next you're going to say that they're made out of leather? <laughs> yeah, there's two of them <laughs> just taped together with uh, some old ox hide. Yeah. So is uh, this cannon even lighter than the light cannon in a way? Yes. Yeah. It's got so, less uh, range, right? Yeah, regular cannon is still strength 10. It only does D3 oh. wounds and it's range 48. This is strength 7, D3 wounds and range 24. Mm. So a lot of times when I've been using it, I, just, I always went like, oh, well, I better max guess it and just guess 24 and just hope that I roll high enough on the, the powder charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last game I did this, I, it went perfectly. I rolled a 10 or an 8 and uh, managed to hit the target. Um, nice. But you get you get Broncino in this unit as well. And he's oh, yeah, basically he's a, a hero on horseback. Yeah. So uh, he's great for if someone wants to charge your artillery, you have a hero there to defend them. Oh, that's true. And he can... He can move around, right? Because you you can get several teams of Galloper guns, yeah. right? Yeah, so it starts off uh, as a rare choice, and then you can buy another cannon, and that's another rare choice. Okay, cool. Uh, and they, yeah, they can move just like cavalry. So you can move it 8 inches or 16 if you march with it. Mm-hmm. And it also moves 3d6 uh, when it's fleeing. So if you get charged, you can just run away. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. But can you, you can't shoot with it if you move, I guess. No. No, you can't in this book, but in fifth edition you could. But then oh. it couldn't. It couldn't march. But you can move eight inches and fire, which is oh pretty God. good. 
<laughs> Do they just load it while it's moving then or something? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Just uh, load, yeah. Just one of the guys just hanging on for dear life on the barrel, scraping yeah. the suet out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, I yeah. guess you, yeah. you you like this unit though. It's a good. It's a good. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's great mm-hmm. to just get some ranged firepower in armies that usually don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. And it fits the theme of uh, Kista very nicely. That's yeah. Nice. Able to to gallop keep, alongside them. Keep up. Yeah. Keep up. <laughs> Next choice: uh, Birdman of Katrasa. Uh, you know all the, about these guys. Yeah, some of you the used most... your your painted uh, unit frequently. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. They're <laughs> sort of like become an in joke because I've had this unit for so long, and I, I I've been slowly painting on them, but I never seem to finish them somehow. But it, I mean, this is just such a crazy unit. But people running, uh, flying around with this. I don't know, weird. Like looks like the first airplanes or something that they tried to build. But in, in fantasy, it works. They actually work. They have this weird mechanical wings on their back. And they it's like a Leonardo like a da Vinci Yes, invention. exactly. And they paddle their... Well, it's made by uh, Leonardo de Lucini, right? Or what is it called? <laughs> or de Miragliano, maybe, or something. There is a guy in, in, in here, I think, <laughs> who invented it. So they just fly around, and they have light crossbows. That counts as bows. Um, but it's cool. They, they fly around. They're sk- like skirmishers and... Uh, they can. Uh, they have the rule shoot on the wing, so they uh, they suffer no penalty for shooting on the move unless they move yeah. on foot. Great. Yeah, but they're only ballistic skill three, but uh, that's not bad, right? And just flying. I mean, they yeah, they can get they can go anywhere and march block and stuff. Yeah, march block or attack artillery. Yeah. Um, just generally be annoying. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the leader here, Dadalo, uh, he's one of the least good uh, leaders of a renowned regiment, I guess. He has two wounds, but that's pretty much it. A bit better. Yeah. But it's weapon skill, weapon skill four. Yeah, but only one attack. It's not it's not as good as the other ones. But uh... you can't be uh, like a massive uh, muscular man if he's gonna fly <laughs> in that thing. That is true. He's got some really cool goggles on the model. Uh... I wonder if his son flew too close to the sun. <laughs> Perhaps that's uh, that's it. <laughs> I was gonna make the joke uh, that before when you mentioned that you have had them for so long, yeah. that uh, you had it for so long that they've even turned up in 40k. Oh God, yeah, the Skitari ones, right? Or which ones yeah. are you thinking of? The mechanical oh. ones. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> one day, one day I will finish them. Uh, we'll see. If I don't get my chaos stuff, maybe I'll do it. Do them. So, we'll see, we'll see. <clears throat> mm, Giants of Albion. What's this? You have this cool unit with Hengus the druid. So the and the Here giants for trouble. Albion, oh, double trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Take up uh, two rare units. No other Warhammer army can hire them. Sorry. <laughs> and then you get Hengus. Yeah, that's what you say. No other Warhammer army. You need oh. to put them in other games. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put them in Warmaster. <laughs> or chess or something. What the yeah. fuck is that? This is Hengus. Uh, Kaktor and Bolog. Just replacing the, the, the rooks or something. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck is happening? Um, I, I, I don't know really about these guys. I mean, they, they have, I guess they work as giants do, right? They have their special attacks and stuff. Uh, you move them separately, yeah. and Hengus uh, is a level one wizard with the lore of beasts. They are one of the reasons why mercenary companies don't invade uh, Albion. Ah, because they're just protecting. Yeah, they they tried and they 
giants threw rocks at them and sank ah. their ships and stuff like that. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by that because I, I, I mean, I have seen these models a lot, and one of them is holding a rock, right? Yeah. And uh, so I, I was so. sort of expecting them to have some rule that they could actually throw rocks here in the special rules, but it doesn't say anything about that, which I think was a bit of a shame, right? Yeah. Could have been cool, like a like a cygore or something. I think like, they uh, have rules like that in. Uh, there's a defend the Ogham stones mini game in the White Wharf somewhere. Oh, yeah, I think true. that's the, the landing mission. Just giants throwing rocks at yeah. the boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the giants of Albion, where they were really clever. The old ones taught them a bunch of stuff, but then like they just like degenerated through the generations, and now they're really dumb. Oh. Yeah, but that's uh, how it was with the regular giants and the uh, Wellsit Mountain as well, with the Sky Titans that the ogres killed, and the yeah. giants that are roaming around now are just the kids of those ancient giants, Sky Titans that are oh, yeah. degenerated and uh, stupid. Yeah. They're kind of cool. They're so so tall and skinny, and also at least one of them is like a cyclops, right? Uh, so surely, surely, I mean that that guy, cyclops holding a rock over his head. It's like, <laughs> and then they made the cygor later. It's just uh, this almost the same model, but it's a nice tribute, right? Yeah, yeah. they're really cool models. Yeah, he's so different from the other giants. Yeah, but but all giants are like very different from each other. Yeah, the sixth edition orcs and golden giant is really short compared to the, mm. the newer one. Yeah, seems like every edition they change the look a lot. Well, I guess yeah. it's like what they could do with their sculpts and molds and stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Just be glad that the old metal giant wasn't the size of the new oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> new one, the mega gorgon <laughs> thing. <laughs> Fall through the table when you when it flips over, it just makes a hole in the table. Yeah, uh, this is oh. my giant. It weighs as much as my kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and with that we reach the final entry, at least here in the annual, and that is Tichi Huichi's Raiders. So these are some cold one riders, but they're not uh, Saurus. They're Skinks, right? Yeah. Um, um, and uh, are they riding? They're riding some the horned uh, cold ones that are like a, a special breed, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know if they get any specific bonus for that in here. Yeah. But the, the, yeah, oh, they're yeah. skinks riding on cold ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're also great crested skinks, so I guess they're a bit better than normal skinks. They have strength three. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird with these though because like you're. When you're fighting them, you're fighting against the toughness of the skink, which is two. Oh. And their mounds are toughness four. Yeah, that's always... Always feels a bit weird, I think, with cavalry. Yeah. Like, surely that cold one is harder to kill. Oh, well, no, not really. <laughs> they are blessed by the old ones, you see, because they're from, like, a specific uh, spawning. Uh, every every successful spawning, I guess, or something. Uh, hand-to-hand combat opponents will never pursue Tichihuichi's raiders if they beat them in combat. A strange tropical fatigue descends on the foe, securing Tichihuichi's chance to get away. That's nice. Just coughs on them when they're, yeah. when they're fighting. Just runs away. <laughs> oh, wear uh, a mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's cool. Uh, cool cavalry, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I is, haven't is got, that... gotten any because it just feels weird to have suddenly, oh, here's some lizard men. Like, how, how did they get over here? I don't know. In my army, I don't really think they fit, but... Uh, is, that, is that the last unit in your... 
Yes, Daniel? yes, it is. So right. there's what... more in the 2004. Yeah, but there's, I can, yeah, which there's ones uh, were added. Ruglugs armored orcs, classic. Oh, nice. So these guys have like really old models, just like Bugman Rangers, mm-hmm. going back to like at least third edition, I think. Um, and they are orcs with crossbows, uh, and uh, they have a really cool mus- uh, standard bear maggot, just like the blind boy in Al Mukhtar's unit. He's just a mascot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a ward save. I think he has a pretty good ward save. Uh, he gets he gives the unit plus two to combat resolution rather than plus one. Oh, yeah, and he has a three plus ward save. Oh, because nice. he's just uh, a particularly lucky goblin. Yeah, uh, Maga seems to lead a charmed life, and as a result, has a three plus ward save. They don't just replace him with new goblins that they just called maggots still <laughs> for PR or something. He's <laughs> unkillable. I think maggot is one of the. Inspirations for Bobo the Wonder Snotling. Mm. He who actually defeated Archaeon in the Storm of Chaos. Oh, God. <laughs> At least according to the Warhammer forums on the GW site back in 2006. Or that was. Uh, it seems re- reliable. Look, the, these guys with their crossbows have a special animosity table tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a 3 to 6, they squabble, but on a 1 to 2, uh, they have a thing called let's show them what these crossbows can do, and they shoot at the closest unit. So instead of just charging the closest unit, like other green skin, they just shoot him in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's great. their ballistic skill? 3, so it's not three. that bad. Oh, okay. Oh. And, and it's the just last a great unit. way to do it. Just uh, It fits the unit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the last unit in the 2004 uh, annual is the Cursed Company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in the, the 2000, uh, 2002 annual, but they're not in the Dogs of War section. Oh, they're, they're in the character section, aren't they? Yeah, they they have like their own little thing. Yeah. I don't really know. But they're, oh, they're so cool. A mercenary, Richter Kruger, who was fighting for a necromancer against some empire unit, uh, troops, right? In this bitter uh, trench, well, I was going to say trench warfare, but attrition warfare. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, when things uh, were looking a bit bad for the necromancer side, he got offered to switch sides for a good payment. And then he backstabbed the necromancer. But the necromancer, he cursed him. And then he turned into an undead skeleton. Ooh. <laughs> Which is the best thing when it says for hire any Warhammer army other than Bretonians, Vampire Counts, and Tomb Kings of Camry may hire a cursed company. And really, <gasps> like, how do you talk to them? Are you guys... <laughs> uh, what can I offer you? I think it's like, well, we're gonna fight the vampires. These under oh. things over here, we're just gonna we're gonna point at us and then point at the vampire with the sword and see what they do. <laughs> Imagine you, and you're just this poor pikeman from today, like. Okay, we're gonna fight these undead. Oh shit, that's scary! Oh look, they're they're oh, they're right next to us. Oh no, but the those skeletons actually hate the other skeletons. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Kruger hates all other undead. This applies. I love that. They're alone. But I also love that he has the curse sword that anyone that they kill is added as a skeleton to the unit. Yeah. So they just keep uh, keep regenerating. I have a unit of this also, like the Birdman. It's almost completed. Uh, oh, it is it is a really lovely unit because yeah. there are not just like regular yeah, humans human skeleton. They they have different armor, they have different races, and yeah. it just makes the unit so characterful. Yeah, yeah. There's even yeah. a high elf skeleton in there. Dwarf uh, armbreaker skeleton. Yeah. 
Isn't there a Saurus as well? Yeah, yeah, Saurus, yeah. Skaven, and Orcs. And there's the, the musician is a goblin, I think. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, really cool. Uh, some other uh, units that we should mention, maybe, that are sort of... I don't know, are they Dogs of War or not? Like Mengil's... Uh, yeah, they are. Meng- the, the Manflayers, right? Mengil Man has Manflayers? Yeah. Mengil Man has Manflayers. For hire, any Warhammer army other than Bretonia, Hyles, Widows, and, Dar- and Dwarves may hire Mengil's Manflayers as a rare unit choice. Dogs of War and Dark Elf armies, including any Dark Elf variant armies, such as the Cult of Slanish, may choose Mengil's Man- Manflayers as a special unit choice. Oh, something with the triple M's, because you also have... Malachi, Malachi Sons. Well, no, that's not 3Ms. That's a Goblin Hero, sorry. Malachi, oh, yeah. Malachi Sons Murdering Machine? Yeah. <laughs> Could that also be taken as a Dogs of War thing? Or was that for the Slayer yeah. Cult list? It can be taken as a Dogs of War, right? Yeah. Uh, the Gotten Oath 1 rare units, Goblin Hero, 130 points. The Goblin Hero is a regiment of renown. It may also be taken in a normal dwarf army or in an empire army, counting in each as one hero and one rare choice. And that is for Makai Son himself, because he's a hero. Uh, I want to get my hands on that crazy axe throwing machine. And uh, you should have another... told me before I sold mine. Oh, <laughs> another uh, <laughs> unit, the uh, Kiss of White Griffin Legion, and yeah. a special rule: mercenaries. If an Empire army does not take Kiss of Allies contingent, it may instead take a single unit of the Griffin Legion as a rare unit. In this case, the unit does not count as an Allies unit and is treated as part of the army, just like an Empire unit. Yeah. So they're mercenaries, nice. but only for the Empire. Yeah. So some choices um, that have been added later. Yeah, he's gonna say this. Mangle and five man flares, including a standard bear musician, cost a total of two hundred and eighty-seven points. This is the minimum size regiment that you can hire. The size of their unit can be increased by adding additional man flares at nineteen points per model. Oh. The maximum of nine additional man flares. They're awesome, <laughs> though. Like they're so cool. Yeah. And so that they're skirmishers and they have repeater crossbows and. Mengel and has like a repeater co- coated, coated in dark ven- venom, which is a poison from the Dark Elf book. Yeah. Do they have like great, great, heavy armor? Do they have great weapons also? Yes. Uh, yeah, they do, right? Hand weapons, repeater crossbows, and great weapons. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, and they, that have, is cool. uh, they have the banner with the guy who's been flayed, a the guy banner of tried Kalan. to use witchcraft. Yeah. But uh, witchcraft is only allowed to practice if you're a female dark elf. So they hunted yep. this guy down and skinned him with joy. And now he gives plus to their cover. Or like, they're harder to hit. At range. Uh, the banner of Kalad allows Mangle's Manflayers to be set up as scouts. In addition, any unit wishing to target Mangle's Manflayers with shooting attack suffers minus one to hit. This is increased to two minus two if the Manflayers are more than 12 inches away from the shooter. Oh, so minus so three with skirmishers. Yeah. Basically invisible. And probably long range also, yeah. 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 And minus four in total. If you just going to... Yeah, I'm seeing there. The man flares, their stats are movement five, weapon skill four, ballistic skill five, strength three, toughness three, one wound, initiative five, attacks one, leadership eight. And that's just their regular grunts of a unit. Mm. Badass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mangle got uh, uh, sixes in the the different weapon skills and ballistic skills, uh, strength four, (laughs) two wounds, initiative seven, and leadership nine, and three attacks. Dang. Damn. Yeah, they're quite good. They're, they're expensive, good. but they're good. Yeah. Oh. And this is like the opposite of uh, the Alcatani Fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> How many of them would you get for that many points? So, uh, a lot, I, I guess. Yeah, you have uh, 19 times 9. You get nine additional man flayers, so that's 
hundred and uh, like hundred eighty something points. So about four hundred points for this unit. Oh god! Right under four hundred points. Yeah. Oh, oh, not bad, not bad. Uh, so I mean, yeah. So there you have it with all the units, right? Um, and of course, you could make an army of only dogs of war, or you could take some of these cool regiments of renown and pimp up your other armies. Yeah. Unless you're Bretonia. <laughs> and if you do it, as we mentioned earlier, we were talking about the ogres. Um, the two regular, like the bulls and the iron guts, are pretty much the same. But then you can also take the lead belchers, which are ogres carrying around a cannon. Oh, that's cool. Or the man eaters. Yeah. And the man eaters are cause fear, immune to psychology, stubborn, and bull charge. Yeah, they are actually mercenaries. So that would be a good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. And they have a lovely unit size of one plus. <laughs> and every man eaters can. Uh, Replace, may replace individual equipment as well. So you don't have to take everyone the same. And they can take uh, a Cathayan longsword, a great weapon, a brace of handguns. So you can just have a, quite a nice unit of man eaters as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So are you, have you guys thought about the dogs of war, like incorporating some of these regiments of renown into your armies? I mean, uh, uh, or have you been interested in running an entire army? And in that case, do you have any, like, an idea of a unit, like an uh, army composition? Well, uh, I do have my Galloper guns, and mm. I, I am going to... Well, I was going to buy a bunch of Dark Elves stuff from Chris, uh, but then I was told not to fly to Sweden. Uh, but I am going to, as soon as I get to Sweden. Uh, <laughs> they're still in a box in this room, so they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, in that box, you can find the, the illustrious Mengel Man-Eyed Man Flayers. Oh, nice. Yes, the, uh, the box they released, which got... 10 models in total, I think it is. Ooh, so 450 points then. Or no, something. no you, you can still add five more if you want to. <laughs> so that's the, the low load price of uh, 380 points or something. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. But that's a unit that you pretty much have to theme your army around. Yeah, yeah, they're, they are pricey. Uh, I, yeah, I did write a Dark Elf list and I was uh, thinking of uh, having a bunch of uh, shades, but these guys are basically super shades. So mm. instead of just having yeah. several units, you just have this one unit. Oh. Do yeah, you know eight. what they're called in Aethid? Uh, shades with grey weapons? Exactly. <laughs> and in Chronicles 2003, there are several of the special characters for the Dogs of War. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the... Eight of them I have in my list here are there 325 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. But this is where we found the characters that we've pretty much been mentioning, but not uh, gone into detail. And that is Midas the Mean, uh, Lucretia Belladonna, Borgio the Besieger, and Gaza Khan, and uh, Lorenzo Lupo, the Merchant Prince of Lucini. Oh, is the, the Khan like a separate entry? It's not Ugla Khan. It's a different Khan. It's a different Khan. The Khan of Khans? Uh, Gazak Khan, the Terror of the East. Uh, he's uh, got... There's no fluff in this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he's got... He's 350 points. Oh, damn. He's got... Uh, he's riding a special wolf. The giant wolf, the Wargan. The Wargan is a monstrous wolf that Gazak Khan uses as a mount. Wargan causes fear. Thick fur, giving it a 4-plus armor save and counts as a monstrous mount. 
<laughs> Holy shit. So a 40 mil base, right? Yeah. Or, they have the yeah. war cry of the steps when Gaza Khan charges. He lets out a mighty war cry that freezes the heart of his enemies. To represent this, any unit that he charges will not be able to stand and fire or flee as a charge response. This does not affect a unit that's immune to psychology. Holy shit. And uh, quell animosity. Gaza Khan is such a fierce general that even the most unruly greenskin thinks twice about acting up when he's close by. Any friendly orc or goblin unit within six inches of Gazak, so long as he's not fleeing, may reroll a failed animosity test. That's awesome. That's great yeah. if you want to do like a, a themed army around uh, like a wolf rider horde. Yeah, oh, yeah. And he's got leadership nine. <laughs> awesome. Uh, weapon skill seven, ballistic still six. Strength but is four. He, is he still a hobgoblin? Yeah, he's a hobgoblin, I think. Oh, yeah. He must be. Toughness four, three wounds, initiative six, four attacks. So it's quite ridiculous, actually. Yeah. And yeah, the wolf sounds pretty scary as well. Yeah. Movement nine, weapon skill five, strength five, toughness five, <laughs> three wounds, initiative four, two attacks. And that's just the wolf. Yeah. 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 And it's also got a sword that has a minus three save modifier, and any model wounded by it loses D3 wounds. <laughs> And a demon yes. head helmet, which is a powerful wind demon, is magically bound to defend the wearer of this helmet if he's ever wounded. To represent this, once Kazakhan has lost a wound, he has a f- gains a 4 plus ward save and magic resistance 1 for the rest of the battle. <laughs> you sure this is yeah. not Zacharias the Ever Living that you're reading? <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, if it was, it would cost, uh, what is it, like 1,040 points? <laughs> yes. Unlimited dispel scrolls. Uh, but Chris, have you thought about building like a Dogs of War army or other specific units? I mean, yeah, you obviously I'm... have owned units of these of Dogs of War. I have been thinking of it, but may- if if I do an eighth project, it might be one of the. There is a Nostalgia list, isn't it? There. Right? Yeah, there is one also. From yeah. the army project. Yeah, yeah. Which so I guess is something more like that. Some diff- It's yeah. It's quite different, I guess. Uh, Would you? Uh... Just have a generic Darkest War unit, or would you use the uh, uh, Pirazzos guys? I am thinking something uh, in the style of uh, buying Warlord or Para miniatures and make a more a third year war kind yeah. of theme of the army. Yes. Yeah. So you have like mixed cavalry, and uh, well, given that they in Six Dead can't take any black powder weapons, probably have crossbows instead of, instead of riflemen. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange that there, there's no uh, like handgunner regiment of renown. There's no way of getting black powder weapons. Yeah, that's true. Uh, could have been one cro- like yeah crossbow unit that could take handgunners or something. I don't know. Uh, but it's also fun that they distinguish them in a way. Yeah, that's, yeah that's true. that fashion hasn't reached so far south. They didn't <laughs> talk enough with the dwarves and get taught how to use them. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a good uh, tip also for people who wants to start a dogs of war army that to look at these. Uh, well, other companies that may, mainly make like uh, historical uh, miniatures, and a, a good benefit of that is that they're so cheap compared to Games Workshop stuff. You can get yeah. so many models for for almost nothing. Yeah, uh, and then you can get uh, special things from Games Workshop if they match up in size. Yeah, yeah if you exactly. want to, yeah, that, that to keep some bit, of the aesthetic. It's a bit of a problem. I um, my para miniatures are a bit smaller, but then I only have Games Workshop stuff for. 
heroes and, and such. And then it sort of works that like, oh, well, that guy stands out, but that's just, that's a character. So it feels sort of all right yeah. uh, in that yeah, sense. It makes sense that you have like, that the units look a bit different from each other because it is not like a, a uniform army. Yeah, so that's true. You have different races and stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, so you can go crazy. Just to go through uh, the regiments of renown, what regiments do you own, Mordan? Uh, Braganza's Besiegers. Long Rong's Slayer Pirates, um, Le- the Leopard Company, Leopold's Leopard Company, then the Birdmen, and the Cursed Company. I think that's it. I do have some, the command for Marksman of Mregliano that I haven't started working on yet. Mm, I, nice. think that, I think that's all I have so far. Nice. Uh, yeah, there are some gonna... of them that I, I want to get and some of them that I are like, hmm. But when we went through this now again and I read through all the entries, I was like, oh, wow. Maybe we should get some more giants and have the giants of Alvin or something. That could be cool. But it's it's also weird because, I mean, in some way you still want, you have an idea or a theme. So some of them just don't seem that they could fit that well. In the beginning, I was really strict. Like, I will only have humans, no other races. And then I got a halfling hotpot and I was like, I will only have um, <laughs> humans and halflings and maybe dwarfs. But, uh, you know, no no orcs at least. I'll, I'll draw the line there, sort of thing. <laughs> Just you um, wait till you find a good price, the Ruglug's armored orcs. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, when I heard you talk about them, because I have seen those, those crossbow things. But then I thought, like, oh. Maybe I should just do a green skin army then and have them in that. Mm, mm, interesting. I was thinking earlier today to make like a what if making to make like a green skin army, but sort of from the north, and then have them sort of styled from like the John Bauer uh, paintings. Oh, yeah. You know, with those trolls and stuff with really long noses and and hair yeah. hanging down to their knees or something. Couldn't that be kind of a cool thing? I don't know. It that could be cool actually. Yeah? I don't know how doable it is. How would you make the hair? Green stuffing that kind of hair, I don't know if that works. It could end up really creepy. Yeah. yeah. It could uh, end up l- looking really bad as well. Yeah, but I, I was you... thinking then, yeah, the new Trogoths or whatever they're called, those guys, and then just <laughs> bigger noses, longer hair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I, must, yeah. I should mention that the, the ones we have talked about now are the ones in the Dogs of War list in the Chronicles. There are more quite a lot more if you look through the old web articles that were published on Games Workshop and in White Dwarf and stuff like that. Ah, yeah. yeah. There's a Regiment of Renown unit that they never released models for. The What are they called? The Tree Hackers. Um, there's a, a Dwarf unit they're from Black War. They have like grey weapons and throwing axes and light armor, I think. Uh, good at, are they yeah. good against uh, Treemen? No, but they hate elves. Oh, okay. Hmm. As opposed to all of the other dwarves? Well, they actually have hatred against them instead of greenskins. Thing. Or I don't know if they have against both, but they have hatred elves. It's great. Cool. Um, yeah, we're going to have to post some pictures of your, your army as well, Morten. Yes, yeah. uh, I will I will eventually put it up on uh, on our Instagram, and then maybe you can cross-post it or something. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but I will definitely put pictures up. But I, I, I definitely have a mix of units. I both the you know non-renowned regiments and the renowned regiments. I think it's kind of fun to play with both. Although, but... whenever I play, it's always more fun with the renowned ones because they have so many rules <laughs> and, and they actually do, you, do stuff. You need to get the most important Dog of War characters, though. Which one? Gotrig and Felix. Oh, that's true. That's interesting. Well, I, I, I told Nicholas earlier that I just bought the first Omnibus book. So I'm going to start reading about them. And then maybe that's how I will get interested and in, in buy them, the army. 
Yeah. Speaking of yeah. books, I don't know if it was we said this earlier. Yes. Don't, don't say if it was no, you, when we no, recorded. Yeah. But a uh, great inspiration for uh, Dogs of War. Uh, I have two books: Burning Shores, but uh, a group of Dogs of War that go over to Illustria, and Brunner. Uh, Brunner is just a great book. I I fucking love that book. And he travels around Pilia and the Border Princess a lot. So that yeah, uh, gives you a lot of information about those areas. It's yeah. really cool. Insight into the intrigues of the merchant princess and and the ragged mercenaries that live around there yeah a good shot so anything else mm. we need to tell Halfling people Halfling steam tank mm. oh <laughs> is that like a soup kitchen on wheels then yeah, it yeah. makes all the soup for the hot pot oh yeah, should, yeah. so so it has like a hot pot instead of the the cannon in the steam yeah tank. it's got like and a, a soup, soup thrower right yeah it's like a tankette in the, the the steam tank is just like a tankette like a really <laughs> small one and then it has a trailer with uh, soup kitchen on it and then it shoots soup through a cannon wait is this an actual model it was a conversion it's an actual conversion yeah it was in a white dwarf from the studio i'll send you a link to it after this yeah please please i'm gonna link it in the show notes as well i think so as i said there are quite a few other things on than the the single standard list yeah yeah that's true Uh, it's hard to keep track on that on everything in that sense like you want to play this army it's not just easy to find a rule book or something but it's probably somewhere on the web someone has compiled a list of everything hopefully yep. uh, that's what i'm looking at oh, okay because <laughs> a lot of these a lot of the other characters there's even characters for well a lot of the armies that are only released as like a web release for games workshops site in australia or the us or in oh. spain like oh. marco colombo oh yeah because Marco Colombo only has a release in on the Spanish website that was released for one campaign that we're running over there. <laughs> uh, Gilead, the, the character from the Danabnet book, also has rules technically. If you want. Oh, cool. Yeah, also like a Black Library event model, I think. Cool. So they're not uh, maybe balanced for regular play, but uh, it could be fun. That's very nice. I will eventually, maybe I will get to try out to use this army with the sixth edition rules. If perhaps you guys, uh, I don't know, organize some 6th edition event in Sweden or something, uh, perhaps? We will see sure. when this, uh, all of these, uh, you know, the little problem that keeps everyone apart <laughs> at the moment is ah, going to work. That, that thing. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the other so, hand, I do visit sometimes down south in mm-hmm. a town I think you still live in, right? Mm-hmm. So far, for yeah. for now, <laughs> I will right. try to, to get Nicholas over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do we have anything else, uh, or are we we've, we've said everything about the the Dogs of War? Do you need to know? We have exhausted now, uh, the list. Go for it and build to, to a summarize, Dogs of War army. To summarize, lovely army, lovely theme army that you can use pretty much whatever model you want for. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely sandbox. Yeah, and you can and they can show show up anywhere. <laughs> anywhere anytime yeah just yeah. pretty much look at the map see where there are humans and they could probably base an army with this, with yeah, this rule yeah. set. or even if there's not humans to do something else oh well okay well no i guess the core has to be humans still that's true that's right unless you want to put dwarves with pikes in the army mm, maybe maybe i do <laughs> now that you said it <laughs> mm. <laughs> Ooh, maybe use Mm, but that would be total waste of uh, slots if I were to put the luminous spearmen I have as pikemen in the army. Oh. So make them worse 
and take up more important slots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but the, the length the, of the spear would fit. It would definitely fit. Definitely. Well, as you can hear, you can do any army with this list. Mm. We're Pretty looking much. forward to your progress. One year from now, I expect to see at least five of our listeners to have built a Dogs of War army. <laughs> and I it's might have some birdmen in in one year's time. We'll see. Well, I fucking <laughs> hope so. <laughs> We shall see. We shall see. But thank you so much for having me. It's uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I listen to your show. I, I wish there were more, more episodes. Uh, so yeah. please make so more do, army. So, so do we, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, we got some momentum now in springtime when uh, there's a possibility of games being played as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, We definitely have good episodes planned that we just... Uh, it's also the hype of like, we want to make the episode really good and then we end up not doing it because we feel like we don't have enough material for it. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, this has been our Dogs of War special, and we hope you enjoyed it. And even though we brought on a guest, it might still be pleasurable to listen to. <laughs> I think it's great. More than thank you so much for uh, coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, but it's been great having you on, and it's great oh. having this talk about the Dogs of War. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be back for a Nurgle special in the future. <laughs> or just join on for like a hobby episode or something. We'll see. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, thank you so much. And remember, stay square. Isn't that what Jamie says? Yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> stay square. <laughs>